Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm five nine, and that might uh-huh. be a little generous. I'm about five eight or five nine, uh, and he is six foot seven or eight. So, Jeez. yeah, he's big, <laughs> and you're you're taller than me. You're six foot one. I'm six foot. Six foot. Okay, yeah. so yeah, he's he's a he's a big dude, big dude. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely try to have him on soon because I, not not to not to make you feel bad, but Nicole is five nine. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, hey, five nine. You know, that's that's above average, right? No. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes, an episode of the new year, 2017. Yeah, yeah. As as we're recording this, it's technically New Year's Eve, but by the time you hear it, it'll be the January sixth or seventh. So, so Happy New Year, everybody! Yeah, we made it. Yeah, <laughs> we're still yes, around. Twenty sixteen was dubbed the crappiest year in human existence. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough year. I mean, you know, being a, a big Star Wars fan to lose Carrie Fisher and then her mother a day later. Oh, I know. Oh yeah. man, heartbreaking year. But uh, we lost a lot of good ones, but. But here's to uh, here's to a new year with lots of great Ninja Turtle stuff to talk about, and yep. you know we're we're kicking off our brand new format, which is not really brand new because this was our original plan anyway, was to kind of cover the turtles in waves. But first of all, before I get too far ahead of myself, how you doing, Josh? Not too bad, not too bad. Looking forward to the new year. Um, really hoping uh, to do to be more focused on the show because I always just kind of. Um, Oh, we just kind of flabbergasted all over the place and just kind of go wherever. That's so, what I do every time. <laughs> that is, yeah. We always talk about how we've got a plan, and then it's just kind of, we're kind of like the A-team. Like, nothing ever works out no. until the very end, you know? It's just kind of like, it's just kind of like shooting in the A-team. It's kind of like, you know, they're shooting like 3,000 rounds of something, and they hit nothing but the dirt in front of the car chasing them. <laughs> and that's kind of what our show is. That's what we bring. Right. Our work, our art, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we, we just hope every now and then we hit something. Yeah, we got to hit something. <laughs> yeah, but um, today we are covering, we're back to the classic era of the um, the Ninja Turtles. And this is something uh, Josh Witt and I, we had originally planned, was to go through, you know, each different wave of the Ninja Turtles. And, you know, with a lot of inconsistencies in recording, you know, the, the last three three years, I guess pretty much since our existence, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> we've kind of strayed away from that a little bit, but we want to kind of get back to our roots, which was covering each era of the Ninja Turtles. So today we're back to the classic era, the the 1987 cartoon, the uh, original Mirage comics, and the uh, of course the classic toy line. And today we're actually covering, gosh, one of my favorite toys, or one of my most beloved wish list toys. You know, it's always on my list, but we'll cover that in a minute. 
And we're also covering the um, it, seventh issue of the Mirage series and the fourth episode of the second season of the original cartoon. So still following the same chronological order, you know, where we left off. It has been a while since we've returned to this era, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it, it's uh, I've never done one of these classic era shows with you before. So Really? Yeah, I don't think we ever have. We always kind of mention classic stuff i mean we've talked about a couple of we've watched a couple of uh the old 88 cartoon or 87 cartoon show but mostly we since i've been on it's maybe that's my influence on the show we've just kind of done the modern stuff more it's all josh's so, fault yeah it's cool it's cool <laughs> you know modern monday with josh you know so no, uh, no, no, man. yeah i think we've we've done a lot of the uh the, the modern stuff with classic elements uh, peppered throughout but now with our new format hopefully we're gonna just go through it in eras every week will be a different era of the turtles so that's really what i'm looking forward to because there's a lot of the turtles that i have not uh seen like any uh, pretty much all of the 2003 series i haven't seen so mm. really looking forward to that um and then getting into the nick series you know mm getting into the Nick series because for as much as I say I like it, I talk a lot of crap about that cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the Nick series has probably... Oof, I don't know if I want to commit to this, what I'm about to say. You know what? Yeah. He- heck with it. It's a new year. I'm, I'm going for it. You're seeing yep. a new Rob here. <laughs> I'll say the, the Nickelodeon series probably has my favorite Splinter, or version of Splinter. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's one of... My favorite one is the 88 series, or the 87 series, but you can, they're pretty interchangeable in my opinion. I kind of think that's I agree. the same guy, you know? Yeah, I agree. And, and you know what? The voice actor, he's a little bit different than Pete Ryan today, but I think he works. I think he's the oh. perfect voice for yeah. Splinter. Yeah, I mean, if there's ever uh, a character that is somehow going to be a giant mutant rat with a Japanese accent, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it works great. Yep. on the 2012 series. So, I really like it. So. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, good deal. I can't wait to get into all the, that different stuff. But um, since it's a new year, um, a whole year's passed, and you've been on our show for, yeah, on the show for over a year now. Like, what's your favorite memory from 2016 regarding Turtle Flakes? What, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, really, probably, um, man, you know, probably my favorite memory of Turtle Flakes in 2016 was when we did the mega review of Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Nobody's favorite turtle movie, apparently. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was you, me, my wife, Nicole, and uh, Jay Josh, Weezy. It, Jay Weezy, you know, and the triumphant return and the epic goodbye of Jay Weezy, apparently, because he's never been on a show again. Uh, <laughs> oh, he was on one that I was supposed to be on, too, and just through internet loss of internet connection, I couldn't be on it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, true. But, yeah, and I kept cutting out of it, and I just said, you know, I just... I'm going to be uh, a giant bore on the show, basically, if I'm just not there. So sorry. But <laughs> that was a great, like a two hour, two and a half hour, probably when we recorded, it was probably a three hour podcast we did. Yeah. Um, With the four of us just, just talking about the Ninja Turtle film. And I really loved how all three of us were just like so into that movie. And then Nicole was basically mother henning us, being like, "Okay, it wasn't that good." You know, <laughs> <laughs> like the voice of the voice of reason. The voice of Nicole reason. Was, yeah, 
But yeah, that's probably my favorite memory was the four of us on the show. Yeah, that you know that was one of my favorite episodes. I think we had done because I thought everyone played really well off each other, and we, we you know we talked about a great film, and and uh, you know again it was one of uh, Josh's last appearances, and and you know we on behalf of Josh and myself, Josh I worked that is and myself, you know we miss you, buddy. Uh, if, if you're yeah. listening, <laughs> you know I, I talk to him every now and he's then. He's not listening. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. But I, I talk to him every now and then, and you know he's been super busy with his job, but he's yeah. definitely not ruled out coming back he, he wants to come back I've, I've talked to him about that and he'll always have a seat here at the at the table at the mm-hmm. here in the sewer <laughs> yeah so you know we always save a slice of pizza for you buddy uh and for me let's see oh man I, i'll tell you one of the episodes that stands out to me a lot is the deviations episode because i thought I just thought that comic was so good, and, and, yeah. I, and I remember you and I both agreeing that you know it was one of the better ones written during the year. And um, heck, I like arguably, our... arguably the best comic this this year from IDW. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, you know, I liked our Ghostbusters episode too. I liked our cheesy skit. I remember it was really late that night when we recorded, so I, oh, I know God. we got I know we got tired. <laughs> yeah, we got we. I mean, you can you can kind of as that episode goes on, you can h- kind of hear us get loopier and loopier because we're just we're tired and sugar crashing and everything. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, absolutely, man. But hey, I mean, 2016. This was the year of Josh O'Rourke. I mean, that that's that. Let's just be honest here. Yeah, the year of Josh, man. <laughs> you know, I didn't ask for it, but you got it. Anyway, you got it so. anyway. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, without Jay Weezy, I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do, and and you pretty much saved the show because I didn't, I could not have ah. done this. No, seriously, I could well, not yeah, have done this. I really without appreciate you. it, but I, mean, I really appreciate it. But I'm not the one that actually records and edits the stuff. This is all you. I'm just kind of, I'm there. <laughs> No, 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 you're not. No, no, no. See, the thing is, for me personally, I gotta have somebody to to play off of. Uh, that that's always been me. I've tried doing the solo thing. It is hard. It is it very is. hard to do. And uh, yeah. um, man, I just I can't thank you enough. And and Josh is just to brag on him for a second, you know, just to make him feel super uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> he's been very flexible extremely flexible and reliable and just an overall great dude i I, man i can't thank you enough for for stepping in you know this past year and and oh no problem man man. it's been awesome i I wanted to be on this show like since i first heard it i wanted to be on this show yeah (laughs) since you first heard me i'm sorry this is like my dream come true oh gosh (laughs) well there you go you're welcome right (laughs) yeah this was it yeah i I have my standards aren't that high. No, no it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it was uh, downhill when I couldn't connect with our uh, Kevin Eastman interview. You know, it's just like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, gosh. But you got you got to come on. I got there. Yeah, I did. It was it was tough getting on that one just because the uh, no computer in the house would work. We have like three computers in this house, and none of them would work. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now was were you on for the Townsend Coleman interview? No, no, I wasn't. Oh man, I, I wish you were on for that too, because the Kevin Eastman one and the, and the Townsend Coleman one, um, man, they they were two of my favorites. I, I just had so much fun on those, and I for some reason I thought you were there for that one. No, I wasn't. I was there for the Kevin Eastman interview and the interview with uh oh I can't remember his name, the cinematographer for the Turtle Power. Oh, Isaac Isaac Elliott Fisher. 2016, at least at least for for this show, has been a major blessing for me. So. And Josh, you know, I, I have to thank you for it, man. And and uh, Nicole too. She's she's so cool. She's come on our show. Knowing how dorky we are, she's yeah. come on our show like three or four times now. 
Yeah, she's been on quite a bit. I think she likes I think she likes this show more than she lets on because like whenever she comes on the show, she's always kind of uh, I'm going to hear about this later, but <laughs> whenever she's on the show, she's always like, "Ugh." Mm-hmm. Turtles. And just it's just she, like, you know, she's a closet turtles fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, first of all, uh, do you have any Ninja Turtle pickups you've gotten the last week or so? Oh, I think you know what you know it. You know, is it the so, what the toy review where we're going to talk about? Well, well, not only that, but I mean, we'll save we'll save that for later. But thanks to Rob Luther, now he's Aww. talking about how awesome I am. Let me tell you how great Rob is. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. He sent he sent me for Christmas this year, and your Christmas present. I'm looking at it over here. Man, <laughs> don't you get me anything? You stop it now. I already did. I already did. I did a while ago, man. Oh, dude. I just got to send it to you. Yeah, great guy. Um, but it's it's going to be sent out this upcoming week. Man, you you shouldn't do this. What's wrong with you? Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> So thanks to Rob, he got me the Michelangelo uh, one-shot sketchbook edition that IDW put out earlier in the month. And it's this really – you're right. Yeah, this is much bigger than I thought it was going to be. It's this really really nice, beautiful-looking, oversized hardcover. And actually, I I think my favorite part of it is actually the spine of the hardcover itself because it looks like the spiral notebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you actually run your fingers across it, it's got the bumps and ridges of a spiral notebook. And um, so this thing is basically it's a giant sketchbook that Kevin Eastman put together of the one shot issues that they put out that Mirage Comics put out back in the 80s. They already have the Raphael issue or sketchbook hardcover out that came out in October. And so now I got to go get that one, you know, because. <laughs> I'm going to start this series now, but this one is possibly my favorite, one of my top five Ninja Turtle comics. Uh, It's the Michelangelo one-shot, which came out in 1986, in 1985, and this issue is, I mean, it's uh, Michelangelo walking around New York City uh, on Christmas Eve, and he finds his stray cat, Clunk, which follows him throughout the entirety of the Mirage series. If you really look out for him, he's there. And also, what I didn't know until I read this, Clunk was actually the basis for Ice Cream Kitty in the in the 2012 series. Yeah, I actually read that. I've, I've still not read the whole notebook yet, the, the, the one that I picked up, but I just, man, I thought that was pretty interesting. I did not know that. And I think Ice Cream Kitty was actually voiced by Kevin Eastman. In the by Nick- Kevin Eastman, yeah. He writes that in this book. Yeah, he mentions that he voices uh, Ice Cream Kitty. <laughs> Um, which is hilarious because he can really make himself sound like a cat, you know? (laughs) But um, one thing, I think my favorite thing about this notebook series is on the absolute last page, you open up the the back cover, and on the last page is this full-page Michelangelo sketch by Kevin Eastman, and it looks awesome. Just like him with with a nunchuck in each hand ready to fight whoever. And I was really surprised with this book because it is, um, it's really not the comic. It's just the pencil sketches for, and layout designs. And then the further you read on in the book, you'll see that there's cover concepts and there's, um, they break down certain panels where this is the panel in pencil, this is the panel with ink. And then this is the panel, the same panel 
toned and colored in. It's really interesting to, to see that um, Kevin Eastman was not really a big fan of the original um, Michelangelo one-shot cover. He just didn't like how it looked with color, it looked like. He says it's an unsuccessful experiment, not to say that he doesn't like it, which I thought was really interesting and just how honest he is about those about his, his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you want to be proud of what you do, but it's it takes a really... It takes a much stronger artist to admit his faults than to uh, talk about how cool he is, you know? Right. <laughs> so, but I was really surprised with how much concept art went into the, like, the hot toy uh, in this comic, you know, because at this time, like, the Cabbage Patch Kids were a big deal. And then in the comic, there's the Little Orphan Aliens. And there must be a dozen individual sketches and concepts for what the little orphan aliens would look like, each with their own name and character descriptions. And it's just really, it's really refreshing to see how much work went into each individual issue of this comic. This was not a comic put together by a committee. You know, there was no creative committee. There was just these guys bouncing around. Hey, you know what would be cool ideas? Yeah. Yeah. And so I really highly recommend you pick up this hardcover. It's the Michelangelo one-shot sketchbook. It's about it runs for forty bucks on Amazon. Um, buy it on mycomicshop.com. You know, buy it anywhere, eBay, or go into your local Barnes and Noble or a bookshop or a comic store. You know, support your local vendors, man. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, you've actually looked through it more than I have so far. But I just what blows me away is that they did this much on one issue, and it makes you think: no. Do they do this much on every issue? And if that's the case, man, that must take a lot of time. Yeah, you know, I I wonder if I I have to think that the original, at least the original uh, Ninja Turtles books were bi monthly, probably. Right. Because they would release an issue in the main series, and then the next month you had Tales of the TMNT. So it, they would alternate by month which comic you would get. And you know there was a lot of work put into each one. Uh, especially if you get the Ultimate Collections, you can see how much concept art that they have. Because in between issues, you got the author's notes from Kevin Eastman uh, really going into the backgrounds of how each character or how each comic was created, what was put in, what was left out. Um, what they liked, what they didn't like, which is really interesting to see how much history there is within every issue, yeah. And whether you like the original Mirage series or not, because the Mirage series, in my opinion, is pretty divisive. Not because of quality, but because of what a lot of people seem to remember it from. Because we'll get into it when we cover our comic, but... For how grim and gritty everyone says the original Ninja Turtle comics was, um, I really think they're remembering the first issue and then just taking that as the tone for the rest of the series. Because, like, pretty early on, they're fighting robots and going into outer space and having a tournament with giant dinosaur people. No, okay? It's not grim and gritty. It It is just... It is bananas you know this comic just they just did whatever they wanted to and were completely uninhibited by um well we can't do that that's too crazy you know they they really had the courage to put out the comics they wanted to put out yeah speaking of which we're gonna be talking about one soon oh yeah pretty 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 probably within the next half hour we'll get to it yes yeah or the next two hours 
next two hours. <laughs> yeah, this is a big. It's it's the new year. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta open it up with a killer uh, episode, man. Right, so. right. So we're we're sorry to let you down. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, good deal, man. Well, so so did you get anything else over the past week? Um, I have a couple of uh, recommendations. You know, a new segment starting out with Josh's radical recommendations. Love it. Uh, this is where we uh, where where I usually since it's Josh's radical recommendations. Rob's radical recommendations sounds better. <laughs> That's true. You got that alliteration there, but I, I like I like yours. But you're dealing with me now. Deal with it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we talk about unrelated, uh, unrelated from turtles uh, things that we want to promote out there. Uh, because contrary to popular belief, we don't just uh, like turtle stuff, you know? No. So no. what I want to do is I'm going to talk about two very quickly. I'm going to talk about a video game that I just played earlier when my weekend started. Payday hit, and I got a new game. I had seen a video for it on YouTube um, because I talk about uh, the Dark Souls game. I always make jokes about the video game called Dark Souls mm. and about just like how crazy and hard and messed up it is. And there's this whole series with Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, and then a game called Bloodborne. They're all pretty much the same game. But in my opinion, the first Dark Souls game is the best. If you, It's the perfect balance between hard but fair. And it's the best balance of all five games. So, But if you like games like that, I found a game on PlayStation Networks. It's a, uh, exclusive to PSN and Steam. Or a PC, I should say. And it's a game called Salt and Sanctuary. And what it is, is it's a 2D uh, platformer uh, where you play as a, a hero, a medieval times, medieval-esque hero, who is stranded on an island, sent to rescue a princess so she can get married to save her country from going to war with a much more powerful country. And basically losing a war with a much more powerful country. And you have to find this princess from this uh, uncharted island that is uh, just hell-bent on killing you, apparently. Hmm. And it's a really cool game, very deep-rooted RPG uh, video game with uh, character trees and branching paths that you can do to develop your character's strengths and weaknesses. You can start out as a knight and become a mage or a paladin or a thief or wherever you want to go with it. And when you die, a character, a some kind of weird, I haven't met him yet, but you see him when it happens. When you die in the game, your character is resurrected by a priest who takes a certain amount of money from you. Because every time you kill a demon or a knight or anything, they drop money. And uh, there is a little bit of a death penalty, which I don't really like in games, but it's easy to recover it. So... Um, very hard, very tactile, strategic game. You really have to think about how you rush into battle. And it is a bloody game, but it's in a cartoon art <laughs> style that makes it kind of unnoticeable. So, um, but very, uh, very cool game. Very, not, I shouldn't say it's hard. It's easy to learn, difficult to master. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very fun. I had a lot of fun with it. Very good level and creature design. Uh, I've found like two or three bosses so far that just look crazy, and one of them is legitimately scary to me. It's called. There's this one boss character called the Queen of Smiles, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and she basically has the skin ripped off of the lower half of her uh, face. So all you see is like the bone uh, underneath and yeah. the teeth and everything. It's just like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> I can't lose because what's she going to do to me? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very good game. It's called Salt and Sanctuary. It was 18 bucks on PSN. Well worth it's it's well worth the price. Ah, very cool. Uh, yeah, and the second recommendation I had was a movie that uh, Nicole and I watched last night called As Above, So Below. It's a movie about um, a woman who is an archaeologist who is looking for a philosopher's stone that her father actually died trying to find. And so she picks up his investigation, and it leads her to the catacombs that run underneath Paris, uh, Paris, France. And they actually shot a lot of the movie uh, in the catacombs under uh, par- under the Paris streets. Oh. And it's a really chilling movie about just claustrophobia and being in uncomfortable situations. And they find this – they show this in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. But when they find the Philosopher's Stone, they find out that they've actually crawled into hell. Oh, wow. And they kind of tackle it in a realistic way, like the way that hell is represented. It's not really gory. It's no, I mean, you see demons, but it's not like, you know, just like you think of Mount Doom in Lord of the Rings and that's got to be what hell is, right? It's really not that. And it's it really gets into your head and... For a, and it's a found footage. It's a film shot in a found footage style, and it actually did a lot of really interesting uh, changes to the tropes of found footage. Uh, if you've seen one found footage movie, you've seen them all, but this one's actually a lot different. Um, it's a really. It takes. A, it's a very slow start. It's a very slow burn of a movie, but if you can stick with it, it's a really, really entertaining movie. Uh, particularly when they get under Paris and they start going through the catacombs. And it's just, re- it's a really chilling horror movie. I was thinking about it all day when oh, I saw wow. it. it. was, And particularly when I started really thinking about it when I got in bed at night. It was like, oh. <laughs> so I love horror movies. I don't like gore. And I was really pleasantly surprised with this movie. Uh, where it does not rely on gore at all. It's all about the atmosphere. And uh, it's called, it, again, it's called As Above, So Below. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on, Net- I think it might be on Netflix. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, cool. But um, it's a really good movie. I really recommend seeing it and at least once. You know, it's one of those, it's probably... One of those horror movies where you've seen it once, okay, I don't need to see it again, or you just have to skip to the good parts. So, but I highly recommend it. It's a lot of cool. It's a, it's a lot of. I don't want to say it's a lot of fun, because it it gets genuinely unnerving for a little bit of the movie, for a, a large chunk of the movie, um, and considering it's a horror film, not a lot of jump scares, not a lot of cheap jump scares, right? Uh, maybe one or two. But that comes with the territory of horror films. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend it. So Salt and Sanctuary is a game you should get. And As Above, So Below is a movie you should watch. All right. Wow. Hey, good stuff, man. You got me intrigued. 
Yeah, and yeah. It, that's that's the per- especially if you don't want to like go out and party at New Year's because <laughs> let's be honest, New Year's party parties in general in general kind of suck. You know, they're, <laughs> they're never what you see on TV. So just stay at home where you know it's safe. Watch a good movie, play a good game, and be with your families. That's what you should do. See, that should be another segment. Josh gives advice. Yeah, we tried that last week, and then Nicole gives better advice, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, she she apologizes <laughs> for your advice. <laughs> That's good, man. I, a good deal. So for me, I've not really gotten any uh, major pickups this week, except for um, uh, my Turtle Flake shirt, which my brother-in-law and my my sister-in-law uh, they engraved this mug of it's a one of those like cooler mugs for water. Oh, okay. it's, it's real nice, and they engraved the turtle logo into it. They got me a um, – inside the cup when I opened it up was a turtle flake shirt, the very first one. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so so big slice of pizza goes out to my brother. I know sometimes he listens to the show, so just want to say I love you, man. Thank you so much for the gift, man. That was awesome. It really took me by surprise. Um, finally got Universe 4, but I've not gotten to read it yet. And I have – oh, one thing I bought uh, yesterday, which has, has not come in yet, is uh, TMNT Magazine, issue one from uh, the summer of 1990. And um, I did a Oh, little... wow. I remember those. Yeah, oh. yeah. They, they were great, man. I remembered a lot of them from my childhood because I remember uh, they'd sell them in addition. Like they'd promote them. They'd always be right next to the Archie comics in this grocery yeah. store my mom used to go to. Mm-hmm. And um, – I always wanted them, but I never really had them, and I just had a couple of the Archies, you know, early on. I just, I just wanted to get it for the artwork because uh, I know they have a lot of short stories in there. I know there's a lot of advertisements of toys and 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 upcoming episodes, things like that. And it's just a nice step back in time into you know our childhoods because yeah. 1990 that was right around the time that um, I was, you know, just first starting to get into the Ninja Turtles. So it'd be neat to kind of go back and back into time and, and check that out um so it'll be interesting to see how much advertisement they have for the movie you know because yeah. 1990 the movie came out right uh yeah the movie came out in 1990 so i'm sure it, it was promoting that quite a bit it had to yeah yeah and, and actually I, I was digging around a little bit more on the technodrome uh forums they got a great forum about um the tmnt magazine Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's some scans of some of the covers to see what they look like. And I was asking, you know, how many were there, or how long did it last, and how frequent did they release it? And the answer that I got was that um, they went by seasons. So you'd have like summer, then you'd have fall, winter, and then spring. Oh, okay, it was a quarterly magazine, right? So it was a quarterly magazine, and it lasted from uh, summer 1990 to the summer of 1993. So. 12 to 16 issues there. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, there weren't that many, but I'd like to actually collect them. They're not too terribly expensive online. Like, the one I found was for 10 bucks, and yeah. it, was, it was free shipping, so I, I think it's worth it. It's a nice step back in time. I've seen those. I remember I was I was going to start getting those, but I was deciding between the magazine and the comic, and which one did I really want. It was like, well, <laughs> I kind of I kind of rather have the comic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> actually, like, one, two listeners, if you don't mind... Uh, one collectible that I'm that I'm really looking out for. If somebody could like not get it for me, but like just show me where I can find it, is actually an old uh, Playmates Toys catalog. Like they used to release oh, yeah. the catalogs to the toys, and they had catalogs specifically for the Ninja Turtles. And they had one every year from like 1980, what 87 yeah. to I think like 19. I think all the way through Next Mutation they had them. Oh wow. 
Yeah, so if like anyone can point me in the direction to where I can find those so I can buy them, please, listeners, let me know because I'm really looking out for one. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't doubt. I wouldn't doubt if the Technodrome forums might have it because they are. They, they, there's a lot of good stuff on there, and I, I've just yeah. now. I mean, all these years later, I've just now started perusing some of the forums, and man, you'd be surprised what you can find there. So, a lot of obscure stuff, um, you know, a lot of stuff that I've never seen before from you know mm-hmm. the early days. I'm sure they've got something about that on there. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing, and no big deal. But that's something I'm looking out for. Well, man, we got some feedback from some of our listeners uh, in the last week or so, and I, I just wanted to go ahead and um, publicly thank Brian again. He, he sent us an email last week and was just so kind and, and uh, generous in the email. You know, gave us a lot of yeah. great information and some kind of things about the show. But he he is man. He has really, really done a phenomenal job. I was asking him, he and I were exchanging emails, and he said, hey, man, is there any way I can help the show? He even volunteered to edit the show. I said, man, I wouldn't put that on you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's how nice of a guy he is and how generous and stuff. But I said, well, there's a couple things that I, I really want to um, incorporate in the show. One, I wanted to bring an old segment back, and that was This Week in Ninja Turtle History. A lot of times I would do This Day in Ninja Turtle History, but I found that to be a lot more challenging. So instead of doing challenging things, you know, I wanted to take the easy road. So uh, the road more traveled. Well, it's well worn, you know. I mean, you know exactly where it is. Absolutely, and that has made all the difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, he actually made a a list of like 14 or 15 different uh, things that he found just in Turtle History. Um, Uh yeah, and and uh, let me see. Let me pull one up here. Okay, here it is. Uh, he says, uh, so this time back in 1988, the fifth and final episode of season one of the original Fred Wolf cartoon aired. And I guess yeah. that was, um, oh, what was the name of that episode? It wasn't here as in a half show, was it? I have no clue. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the one where uh, Shredder gets sent to Dimension X. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's, he's stuck there, in prison there. So, yeah, and he takes off his mask. He's like, I don't want to conquer Dimension X. I want to conquer Earth. <laughs> I want to conquer Earth. And then, and then you know, uh, I think the following season, season two, began in October. Um, and, and that's when we get the return of the Shredder storyline and everything. Yeah. And, um, some good stuff there, man. So, And he just went all the way. He's got dates all the way through March, the end of March, for me. Oh, jeez. So. That was so nice, and then, and then we get it, Brian. You'll be on the show. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, we're gonna have you on for sure. And then, um, I was also the other segment I was talking about is something I either want to do every episode or every fourth episode when we kind of have our wild card episode, mm-hmm. um, where we talk about some obscure stuff. You know, just just a little snippet of something obscure from you know our childhood that people might have forgotten about, like. Random stuff like um, Ninja Turtle folders or Ninja Turtle pencil cases or book bags or uh, who knows, toothpaste, you know, things like that that were around because Ninja Turtles was everywhere. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Cookie jars. I was looking up something on cookie jars the other day and and cereal bowls. I mean, they're everywhere. So I just wanted to dedicate a segment to the obscure stuff, the stuff that people might not necessarily – remember to this day and kind of bring it back to people's attention because there's some great stuff out there and there's some not so great stuff out there and uh he actually gave me another list of some great stuff to talk about and and the first one i want to talk about cracked me up it's called the tmnt sneaker snappers have you ever heard of these 
Uh, no, no. What is this? <laughs> okay, I I'll send you a picture here in a minute, but uh, it's literally, and he's still got them boxed. He's he actually owned these. They are supposed to keep your shoe um, lace knots tied. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Okay. <laughs> I think so. So, you know, you got these two Michelangelo things that you're supposed to put on your sneakers. He said, um, you know, Brian said that they didn't work or he never used them or something like that. But yeah. I never knew these existed. Um, and I'm looking at it right now. The box art looks great on it. It's got the uh, – it looks just like the toys. It's got the brick wall in the background, the original logo. And it says, here's a half shell. And then in the little red bar underneath it, it says sneaker snappers. And it's okay. got – I wish I could wow. zoom in. I wish I could zoom in so I could see this because there's a little like slogan right underneath it, but I can't read it. When people tried making the Ninja Turtles improve upon tying a knot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey, that was right around the time I was learning to tie my shoes, so I, yeah. I could have used the sneaker snappers. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and you know, snapper, turtle, it works. <laughs> you know? Well, if that's the case, they should have been Slash. You know? Oh, true, true. I See, I don't know if Slash was around then. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm going to find out a little bit more information on these sneaker snappers and see if I can find any more stuff to talk about next week. But yeah, from now on, we'll have a This Week in Ninja Turtles history, and we'll also have a Turtle Obscura kind of segment. So there you go. Oh my god, I just looked up a picture of these sneaker snappers. Oh, you see them? <laughs> this is the dumbest thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're great! They're great! So... And listeners, if, if you guys have any random TMNT memorabilia from the early 90s, just random stuff, please send in a picture. We would love to talk about it because, you know, a lot of this stuff we've not seen since we were kids or never seen them at all. So great stuff. They've even got, like, Ghostbuster sneaker snappers. I can see those, too. It's a Ghostbuster symbol. It's awesome. <laughs> That's great. There is one thing. Okay, now here we go. Josh uses Google images. Here we oh, go. here we go. This is I re, I just saw something that I haven't seen forever that I always wanted and I never had as a kid. It was a Ninja Turtles watch that you would it had a lid that you would flip up to see the face. Oh of the watch, yeah, yeah. But it was a Ninja Turtle like this one's Raphael. Oh, that's awesome. See, that's All what right. I'm talking about. That I actually remember those watches. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, never mind. This is a bad idea for a segment. This is going to be called <laughs> Josh has to use eBay after the recording. Uh huh. Josh goes down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, Josh goes broke. Yes. So, Brian, dude, thank you so incredibly much, man. I know that must have taken you a lot of time uh, with, with both the lists that he, he's provided for our show. So, man, that that's that's the beauty of this, man. We're, we're getting so many different people involved, and it, it only makes the show better. Um, yeah. Dude, thank you so much, and we will definitely have you on the show. And, you know, he, he's a part of this now. He, he's come up with a couple of segments for us or helped us bring some back. This is great. Yeah, man. I don't care what Josh says about you. Yeah, I don't either. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, Jay Weezy, that is. <laughs> I just say stuff. You know, I mean, I just, I, I mean, everybody that listens to this show really understands me by now. I think that I'm just like the most random individual. No, so no. You're gonna, you're gonna get a little bit of the good. You're gonna get a lot of the bad. So just you know, take it with a grain <laughs> of salt, man. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're like Michael Scott. Actually, I'm more like Michael Scott in that I start a sentence and I don't even know where I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just find it along, you know, when I get there. But um, hey, you know what? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Very wise words. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he actually speaking of Brian, I forgot to mention this in the last episode, but I did provide a link in the show notes for it. 
he had a great article on comparing the the new Nickelodeon TMNT serial, the one that just came out, with the one back in his childhood. And, you know, he was kind of comparing the different flavors and how the new one's more of a, a tricks-based, you know, serial. And how does the, he remember the flavors of the original one? Does he have a <laughs> box that he eats? Just... Well, I, I, I don't know, but he did. What he did do, what I thought was really interesting, is he compared the box art of both of the boxes and oh, also the, the old new... one's got it. The old oh. one has it. Oh, that's what he said. I, and, and another thing is he said the old cereal had – first of all, it was kind of like a Chex slash Lucky Charms based cereal. It was uh, Chex with marshmallows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He compared the box art and he favored the old one, which I completely agree. It was a lot more yeah. personalized and intricate. Um, whereas he also complained, uh, uh, compared the nutrition facts. And guess what? Guess which one was more healthy for him? Probably the new one. And that was the old one. Really? Yeah. He said the nutrition facts on the old cereal was actually better for you than the new one. And that, that included um, marshmallows. Man, you know, they weren't so reliant on high fructose corn syrup back in the day. <laughs> back in our day. I know. Back in you know, our yeah, good times. Now better it's all times. corn syrup and riboflavin. I so. know. I know. They're all about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Here we go talking about cheesecake again. Yeah, so. I know. Story of our lives. Yeah. Yep. And he actually said that the new cereal um, didn't taste quite as, as flavorful as Trix does, you know, although yeah. it kind of had that Trix style. So he really kind of favored the old cereal and, and not just nostalgia based, you know, based on all, all those. All those facts. So, interesting article. I, I love articles on stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. It, it it's definitely taken me by surprise when I read stuff like that because it's just there. Not not only is it because you can write a whole article about cereal. You yeah. are a talented person if you can do that. I don't know <laughs> if I could, but like just hearing about like just the bonkers off the wall merchandise that Ninja Turtles has had. It's just like really anyone's really going to argue that this is the that this is not the most successful brand ever created yeah ninja turtles a flamethrower there you go the kids love that one yeah did the avengers ever have a live show no they don't (laughs) sorry yeah yeah true we got two other things real quick rob veach he he left us a message this is kind of like an ongoing segment with him he left us an awesome message but it's about our uh toy we're going to be covering here in a minute so i'll play that in a little bit and then, right. and then the only other feedback we got was from, of course, our, our Iron Man, Mr. Thaddeus Manning himself. He wrote such a nice message yesterday, man. I, it was, it was yeah. really, really nice of him. I really, Thaddeus, man, I really appreciate everything you've done for Turtle Flakes. I really appreciate your friendship, and I really just appreciate your honesty and kind words. So, uh, man, I... The minute you start talking crap, though, you're gone. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're done after that. You know, if you turn on us, no. <laughs> uh, you get one strike, and I used it. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, exactly what Josh said. I I, I happen to um, – I saw where he had posted yesterday, but I didn't get a chance to read it till today. Uh, and, man, it was, it was very touching what he had said about, uh, you know, the show and, and, and how much it meant to him. And, honestly, your kind of feedback means a lot to us. I mean, we uh, – I, I think the the greatest thing about doing a podcast is is the people you meet, you know, when you do it, and and uh, meeting great people like you, Thaddeus, and, and people who've not only said, "Hey, great show," have actually contributed and and really helped us in so many different ways, and helped us with the turtle news that we'll talk about here in a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. man, we can't thank you enough. Uh, it really, really kind of inspires us, and 
meeting people like Thaddeus, meeting people like Josh, um, Jay Weezy, Nicole, you know, it, it's made it personally a huge difference and a huge positive influence in my life, man. So thank you so much. That was such a nice thing to say. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, just I really appreciate everyone that I've met, and I'm really happy to have ever recorded with any of you guys. I really want to do, like, my goal for this year for Turtle Flakes is to have us get more of our friends on the show. Um, you know, I would love to get Sadius on the show, Brian, BJ Han. I re- like, my goal for this year is I want to get Landon on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to talk to Landon because, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're Facebook friends, and we've talked online. And, you know, through comment sections and stuff, but I've never actually talked to the guy. Oh, and, awesome. We need to make that happen. And, you know, I know you know Landon, and he just, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he just seems like the nicest guy, one of the nicest guys ever. Oh, yeah, he is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Good dude. And I, I think it's hilarious, just like, I never realized how tall Landon was until I saw this picture that <laughs> you had shared on Facebook, and it was like an old memory, see your memories photo on Facebook, and it was you and Landon, like, you guys had to have been teenagers at the time. Oh, yeah. But, like, you guys were, like, about, the, you made it look like you guys were about to box each other. Yeah, street fighting. <laughs> yeah, street fighting. And he, it looks like a street fight between, like, I hate to say this, Rob, but you were kind of like Chun-Li and he was Zangi. <laughs> just the height differences were insane. It yeah. looked like he was standing on top of a table, but yeah. it was just him. He's, you know. he's huge. You know, out, out to, he's a good dude, too. I, I mean, it was good to be best friends with a guy like that in high school. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm 5'9", and that might uh-huh. be a little generous. I'm about 5'8 or 5'9", uh, and he is 6'7 or 8. So, Jeez. Yeah, he's big. <laughs> and you're you're taller than me. You're 6'1"? I'm 6'. Six 6'. Foot. Six foot. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big dude. Big dude. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely try to have him on soon because I, not not to not to make you feel bad, but Nicole is five nine. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, hey, five nine. You know, that's that's above average, right? No. Aw. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Mm-hmm. Above, actually. Well, I was gonna give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? All right, guys, so uh, we have a very, very special toy to cover today, and you know what? I am going to give Josh the floor. I am so jealous. So, <laughs> Hosehead, tell the listeners what you got today. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I have got my hands on the Ninja Turtles playset from the Playmates Ninja Turtles toy line of uh, 1989 when this came out. Jealous. Um, yeah, I know. I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have... I used to have this when I was a kid. I got this for Christmas, uh, probably the year it came out, and it is just, it is a thing of beauty. I really, really love just how much this looks like the actual sewer layer from the cartoon. Yeah. And I have to say, honestly, nostalgia aside, my own personal biases aside, 
this is probably the best sewer playset that Playmates ever put out for the Ninja Turtles. I agree. Just because I was, I watched a couple of uh, toy reviews of like the 2003 sewer playset. The place they have three playsets for the modern Ninja Turtles. They have one for the Nick series. They've got one for the first movie in 2014, and the one for the Out of the Shadows film. And they all just look like a series of platforms connected together by giant pieces of plastic, which is exactly what they are. And this one is no different, but it actually looks like a place that they live in. It's all, even though it's two pieces, it all looks like it's one molded piece of plastic, basically. But it looks like one place it looks like an actual place that these action figures live in you know it's not just i mean because the newer uh sewer play sets all have like a plastic platform and then just nothing in between the next platforms and that's pretty much it it just looks like it, it just looks like placeholders for your action figures where this looks like an actual living breathing uh, area for you to put your action figures. Yeah. And so when I got this, I got this probably two weeks ago. Um, I, it came with all the accessories. The only thing that was missing was the box and the, any instruction manuals, which really made it uh, kind of hard to uh, fit this thing together uh, just because I had to remember back when little Josh was about seven, seven <laughs> six years old and how I put it together then. But it actually went together pretty well. It's made out of incredibly sturdy plastic. There's not a flimsy piece of plastic in here. There's no fear of breaking anything. Um, so this is actually a two-floor uh, diorama, I should say. Uh, this place that has the actual interior of the sewer, which looks pretty amazing. It's the only really truncated part of it are the two rooms that uh, the place that houses mm-hmm. uh, there's one room with which is i guess supposed to be their dojo slash training area and it's got a recovery room that you actually attach to the back wall of it and it's got a little bed in there that's actually kind of uh you can see a mattress in, you put this little <laughs> plastic rubber slash rubber plastic mattress in there that actually folds uh forms uh onto the uh plastic housing for the uh, sewer pipe that they converted into a recovery room. And it's got a computer monitor in there that you can see through the back with the set of stairs that you actually place on the back of it. Um, And then the stickers, it has all the original stickers on it. I don't know, I don't remember if you placed the stickers on there yourselves or if they just came with it on there. But the uh, actual stickers on the floors are all the placemats and like meditation areas where because it shows on the box art splinter splinter is actually meditating on this uh futon that is here in the playset, but it's a sticker and then the sticker on the far wall actually shows the ninja turtles bedroom with their four-tier bunk bed i love that <laughs> yeah and then you can actually see beyond that and see the kitchen where they make all sorts of pizza pies you know <laughs> And you can see the TV room and everything, all from this one sticker. So even though you know it's hint, it's two rooms, it actually hints at the actual depth of this sewer layer that they live in. So it shows a lot by showing very little. And then there's a second room, 
which is uh, just a empty gray room with mutagen splash on the floor for whatever reason. <laughs> but it's got my favorite little detail on this entire set. There's a sticker on the inside of a little pipe on towards the uh, floor, just above the actual plastic floor. And it's uh, it, the sticker is actually just a pair of disembodied eyes. Where, so it makes oh, it yeah. look like, so it makes it look like a foot soldier got stuck in there, <laughs> so, which really, as an adult, really makes me think: How long is that guy going to be in there until they like start to smell him? You right. know, it's just like, oh, there's another dead foot soldier in uh, here. There he is, yeah, yeah, Calabanga. <laughs> but one of the coolest aspects of this is it comes with uh, five sewer pipes, um, green sewer pipes, which on the box they tell you how realistic they are. They're not. They're basically green Tupperware that you connect onto this thing. (laughs) And it's got two areas for you to uh, connect these uh, sewer pipes. One facing, um, you know, if you're looking at it, if if you're looking at the front of it, it'll be on the left-hand side. You can connect any one of these four uh, green pipes. And in the back wall of it, there's another area for you to connect these... uh, four sewer pipes and one there's actually a fifth one which is curved it's an elbow shaped pipe so you can actually build them build them up basically yeah. and um i have the elbow shaped one and two of the sewer pipes sticking out of the back and i've got mutagen man or uh, i've got um muck man and joe eyeball actually hanging out of it so <laughs> um you can't see it but Trust me, it's there. I've shown. I, I'll share more pictures uh, later on this week. But the actual like best part of this whole sewer playset is the top of the sewer set, and it's actually just um, a huge section of the city sidewalk above them. Oh, it looks great. And it's got okay. This is the best part. It's got one of the best parts. It's got this elevator on the side that actually lowers down into the bottom of the sewer set on top of where uh, Splinter uh, Splinter's area, that futon that he meditates on. Mm-hmm. And it's actually controlled by a plastic uh, arm that you insert to the side, and it'll raise up and down. And it comes with. It's supposed to look like a construction site. So it's got, like, uh, four blue construction zone panels for walls, basically, to hide where they are. And I've got my Raphael and Mona Lisa figure just hanging up on the elevator, hanging out on the elevator. (laughs) And another cool aspect of this is it's got two telephone poles um, that actually has a swing connecting both telephone poles that you can have a character just swing down and kick a foot soldier or bebop or rocksteady or something like that and you can actually i've got two uh action figures hung up i've got one on each telephone pole they've got a little climbing area so they can climb up i've got michelangelo on one and i've got venus de milo on the other that's awesome uh, because she's the fifth fifth turtle deal with it (laughs) um every episode i'm going to work in a venus de milo defense (laughs) defense of de milo so that's (laughs) And one cool thing about it is it's got uh, an actual, uh, the only part of it that's not plastic is it's got a cardboard uh, fence that goes up in between the two telephone poles. And um, it's got a uh, yellow fire hydrant that's actually a periscope. And down in the bottom section, you can have, I have Donatello actually looking through the periscope. And Oh, naturally. 
Yeah, of course he would, because you know you know he built that. It's really gonna suck when a building on on the street level sets on fire and they go to hook into this uh, fire hydrant. It's like, nope, sorry, <laughs> no water here. And then it's got a man a blue manhole cover that can you can detach, that you can uh, pop off and pop back on. And that's got uh, slots in it, and it's supposed to be so you can dump the retro mutagen uh, down into the sewers. So. Which um, sounds like a good idea, and it looks great in a commercial, but it's probably a bad idea because that retro mutagen is probably pretty hard to clean up. Yeah. Uh, I never really understood why people put their retro mutagen. Like, Muckman is a great example. He's got holes all over his body, and it's meant to pour mutagen down him so he it can ooze out of him. But it's just like, yeah, doesn't that stuff harden? You know, are you really... <laughs> I would never do. I never did do that, and I wouldn't do it. I surely would not do it now. Yeah, that that was actually something uh, our buddy Brian Rapola was asking. He, he was he thought he remembered there being like cans of uh, mutagen that you could actually put in the sewer playset. And yeah, at first I didn't I didn't remember that. Um, but yeah, they were sold separately. They didn't come. Yeah, with the yeah. I was yeah. actually thinking it was the um, it was the same concept as the ectoplasm or the slime that you could put in. Um, the Ghostbusters firehouse at the top. Yeah, it's a, it's mm-hmm. the same concept, but uh, I yeah I thought that was fascinating that all these years later I've realized that Munigen went with this set, not literally with it, but you could yeah it, use it was that. a good companion piece to have with it yeah right right uh, because they used to sell uh, retro Munigen like you know you could yeah. buy an individual little canister of it and one of the uh, vehicles that I had as a kid which was the retro Munigen flinger it was a it was basically just a a garbage can catapult that would shoot mutagen, <laughs> and my mom got so mad at me when my when I uh, asked my dad for that, and he just bought it for me. <laughs> I remember it was just like we went to a toy store and I asked for it. My dad bought it. My mom was outside getting a cup of coffee or a hot pretzel or something at the mall, and she was like, "I told him he couldn't have that." And my dad's like, "Oh well, sorry about that. We're not returning it." So <laughs> my parents were cool and they wanted me to have it, and um, so I, I got I got to uh, I remember use I used to play with that catapult, but I could I had to have the uh, I had to throw away the retromutagen immediately when I got home. So yeah, I had a bunch of like if you remember like the muscle men figures or like oh, yeah. uh, battle beasts or army men, it, it it was great for flinging those across the floor. Or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm so impressed with this this sewer play set, how much detail they put into this. I mean, oh, no, like man. I, I thought the, the sewer was really intricate, but then the, the, you know, the top of it, the surface level is just as intricate, if not more. And then all the little stickers. Yeah. There's, there's another, there's stickers on the sides that one of them says city sewer project. One of them is a beware of Ninja Turtles, uh, <laughs> sticker that somebody put, there's a sticker on one of the sewer pipes that I guess the person that owned this before me, uh, put on there. And it says, it's something. It's a play on. It's Uncle Shredder wants you. You know, it's like one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncle Sam wants you to enlist in the army, That's and like, awesome. well, Shredder wants you to become full members of the Foot Clan here. I like uh, the uh, Dangerous yeah. Turtles working on the uh, little escalator, and then and then right yeah. below that it says, um, uh, "Danger, keep toes behind panel." Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta watch out, man. People lose a finger. People lose feet all the time. Oh yeah, you can lose your shell. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. You might lose a shell. Pop yeah. a shell that off. They don't pop back on, man. No, no, they don't grow back. But there's all kinds of just like just the plastic mold of the actual set itself is incredibly impressive. I mean, like um, on the side where the elevator is on the side of it, there's actually a mold for a staircase. 
So, like, you know that you can actually, like, walk your turtles down. Or not that you could, because it's only, like, a little, like, maybe half an inch of a section of a staircase that's there jutting out of the side. But it, just the fact that they had the foresight to put that there um, really showed how much effort went into these old toy lines. Oh, big time. Yeah, you want to know why, like, this is the best toy line? It's because they skipped nothing in these figures in the play sets yeah sure you can look at the old um even from the very first line like the rat king is a great example the mold for the rat king he was like covered in rats and bugs and like they're oftentimes they were the same color of the clothing they were in but the fact that they were there really showed off how much went into each one of these figures. Oh, I completely agree. You know, like, you look at some of the newer stuff, it's sleeker, but at the same time, it's not as detailed. It's not as intricate as the old stuff. And, you know, I often wonder, a lot of times, is it just nostalgia that brings us back? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I just think that the color scheme, I mean, you look at the box art alone on this thing. Oh, God, it's so much better. Looks great. So much better back in the day. And it pops, and it's, it's so detail oriented and that's one of the reasons again why i got the um the magazine just for the artwork you know yeah it's gorgeous and uh you just don't see that anymore and i understand it it takes more money you're individualizing everything where it's a lot easier to just use the same blueprint for a lot of different figures or a lot of different Mm -hmm. box art but man i think if you just paid a little bit more you'd get your return from it because this artwork and this detail you know we want to gravitate towards it no matter what it it draws the eye and it just looks great and you just don't see that nowadays yeah and it's like you know nostalgia brings us back definitely but quality keeps us there ah true very true and and, you know i mean yeah it's not like playmates back in the day also isn't really um isn't like 100 percent clean either because like there was one like cheap thing that they did where uh, a great example that I that I have in my own collection is that Toka, the uh, snapping turtle from the second movie, yeah, has the same. The figure itself has the same mold as Slash. The only thing that's different is the color schemes and the actual head of the figure. The heads are different, right? Um, but there's yeah, they use the same molds every now and then, and then of course like the Ninja Turtles themselves, it's the same mold every yeah. single variation, but they just put different clothes on them and boom there's a new set of figures right there but the fact that the the detail and quality of each even the variants even though there's a thousand different leonardos in the old playmates line the quality never dipped you know whereas the playmates toys nowadays i think the quality has really dipped where you know the original four Ninja Turtles from the 2012 uh, Playmates toy line was amazing, is amazing. I have them up on my wall over here. I swear to God, they're not from the Nickelodeon cartoon, even though they have the Nickelodeon banner. I think they're the IDW Comics Turtles. That's how I think of them. That's yeah. what they look like to me. But then if you go a couple of years later when they do the the um, the whole Northampton storyline and they're all armored up and they're weird. Uh, you know, they made armor out of tree branches and tree trunks and everything. And they all have individual plate armor all over them in the cartoon. And then when you look at the at the toy, they were advertised as multicolor uh, sculpts 
that had like you could definitely see the metal as opposed to the chain mail as opposed to the actual skin of the turtles and the shell they were all different colors they were advertised on that and if you go on amazon you can see that they're advertised a certain way but if when you get the figure in front of you they're pretty much two colors and that's it yeah you know, yeah the quality has dipped in terms of the paint at least in terms of the paint job i mean the sculpts are still great oh yeah Eight jobs leave a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Oh yeah, like the art- articulation is still great too. I mean, it's it's much yeah. better than what what the old molds had, obviously. But yeah. I, I think the individuality, um, you know, the uniqueness of each figure is definitely it's just not there. Right, I agree. I completely agree. And I know why they do it. It's because making action figures nowadays is a lot more expensive than it was back in the day, right, back in the eighties, back in the nineties, and and and. Honestly, I don't blame Playmates because they don't want to charge 10 to $12 for an individual action figure because they won't sell. Nobody will buy them. Right. You know, I mean, like when you're going to you're going to cut costs on the paint job and charge eight bucks for a toy or are you going to put every single color under the rainbow on a figure and charge 12 to 14 dollars for a toy? Right. What, what are you going to do? Hardcore fans or, or more verse fans would probably pay it. But, you know, the, the average consumer is probably not going to. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I remember a couple of weeks ago, um, our buddy Isaac Elliott Fisher had said that there's just not enough adult fans who will pay 12 or 20 bucks for an action figure as opposed to a kid getting their parents to buy a 10 or $12 action figure. You right. know, they, there's just not enough adults to sustain it but yeah. there's plenty of kids that will buy the five to six to eight dollar figure you know oh yeah um, absolutely and but with this getting back to the sewer playset, it just to give you some uh idea of how big it is this thing is on its own it's 18 inches long by 21 inches tall and that's without connecting any of the sewer pipes from the very bottom of the of the base of the sewer set from the very top of the telephone poles that you attach. It's 21 inches tall and it's about 18 inches long. And if you actually connect all four of the sewer pipes to one end, you can make this a 34 inch long play set. So, yeah, which, um, take it or leave it. That's fine. Um, I have this, uh, set up on my bedside table so I can look at it at night. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> And I've got, and it holds an impressive amount of figures. I mean, I've got, right away, I've got Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, Usagi Ojimbo, Splinter, April O'Neil, Casey Jones, Mona Lisa, Metalhead, Ace Duck, Venus de Milo, Ray Filet, Mondo Gecko, Leatherhead, Wingnut, Screw Loose, Mutagen Man, or uh, Muckman and Joe Eyeball, and Slash, all resting comfortably on this place. <laughs> and they all fit. You know, they're just having a giant house party right here, you know? <laughs> yeah, I see you got a lot of the Mutanimals on there. Very cool. Yeah, I got my Mutanimals, man. I've got pretty much all of them. And it's just a, a team that I love from the Archie comics. Um, I And the Mutanimals in the IDW comics as well, and the Mutanimals in the Nickelodeon series. But it never got better than the Archie series, just because it was the first time you saw that team together. Yeah. And... Did you know, a little bit of history for you, the Mutanimals was, the reason they were so heavily involved with the Archie series was because the creator of the Mutanimals, 
who was also a writer and artist or a writer on the team and T adventures comics. He was trying to get a mutanimals TV show off the ground. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. They were trying to get a mutanimals TV show and that was why they had a mutanimals comic because if that was popular, they would do an animated series and it turns out, unfortunately, uh, the Mutanimals comic just did not have the popularity of the Ninja Turtles brand. Yeah. So it had a three-issue miniseries, which was hugely popular. And then it had an ongoing series that lasted ten issues. And it was canceled after its tenth, tenth issue. And then they had a 96-page one-shot comic a year later called the Mutanimals Invasion from Space or something like that. I don't have any of those, but I know about them. I actually, I think I have a couple of them, um, some of the Mutanimals issues, but I, I remember there was a cover where April's um, on, like, kind of facing the front with the teary eyes, and it says Mutanimals on a tombstone. Yeah, the Mutan. spoiler alert here, but the Mutanimals die in the Archie series, in the Turtles Avenger comic. Wow, see, I, I've not actually read that issue. The whole team gets taken out, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that? just because, and the reason they died was because you know the the animated series uh, never got to take off. Yeah. So they're just like, well, I guess if we can't do anything else we wanted to do with them, we might as well just keep it so nobody else can either. So. Nah, no kidding, no kidding. And now I wonder if that's what happened with the new incarnation of the Mutanimals too. Like, I, I, were they canceled or were they just not selling? Because I thought the new series was fantastic. Oh, in the IDW series? Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, it was always intended to just be a one-shot and uh. just to show you what they're going to do, and then they're going to show up as side, care, side heroes in um, the main IDW series. Yeah. But yeah, man, I would love an ongoing Mutanimals oh, series. me too. Me too. I absolutely love... I always end up talking about the Mutanimals, and it's um, just because I love how it hints at the expansiveness of the Ninja Turtles universe, uh, pun not intended. Just because it it shows you that it takes a lot of a lot of courage to show you that they don't need to rely on the Ninja Turtles. It's like these guys are out there doing their own thing, and every now and then they cross over, they pollinate, they cross pollinate with their the main series. Yeah, and I really I really like that, and yeah. just just the crazy characters. I mean, like Ray Fillet is awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Wing Nut and Screwloose slash slash having a very different origin in the Archie comics yeah. as opposed to the IDW comics and seeing wherever and he both, can go. Both work incredibly well, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially in the Archie comics, how, how he crosses over with Krang. In the IDW comics, how uh, he was created by Baxter Stockman, if I remember correctly, and um, then given intelligence by a compound that was created by an assistant of Old Hob. Yeah. yeah. So, really enjoy it. And also... I mean, when is Ace Duck going to show up in the IDW series? Can we make that happen? <laughs> yeah. I well, love Ace. Ace Duck is my favorite. You'll have to write him in. Yeah, you know, IDW, come on, I'm your guy. Uncle Josh. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> You'll have Ace Duck will be have his own series, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also fan favorite Mondo Gecko and Leatherhead. Everyone loves those two. You know, back to the figure, man. W- would you consider this... Would you consider this the holy grail of Ninja Turtle toys, or do you think that that title belongs to the Technodrome? Oh, it's it's the Technodrome. The Technodrome is the holiest of holies, right there. You know, <laughs> because I mean, like, honestly, who had one? I know I did. You know? I, did. I mean, really think back of it. I mean, 
everybody knew somebody that had it, but nobody actually had it. <laughs> you know? Yep. And I think when a lot of people say that, well, I had one. No, you didn't. I think what you had, <laughs> was, there was this, there was this little technodrome. Basically, it was a mini technodrome called the Scout uh, Trooper or whatever it was. And all it was was a small technodrome. And it was all purple for some reason. But yeah, but this one is right next to it. I mean, I mean the, the top, I mean, like, the, the biggest play sets and vehicles there were were the Technodrome, number one, sewer play set, number two. Yeah. Number three, obviously, was the Turtle Van. And then number four, probably the, probably the most well-known one, was the Turtle Blimp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's probably the big the most four. One. Yeah, the big four right there, because... There were so many vehicles. I mean, you had the foot ski, you had the sewer cycle, you had the cheapskate, you had... Uh, the foot cruiser? Bebop, the foot cruiser. Even Bebop had a motorcycle. You know, everybody had their own vehicle, but there were very few play sets and, like, vehicles big enough to fit more than one character. And I think, like, the only vehicle that you could do that with was the uh, the party wagon and the... Oh, I just said what it was. The turtle blimp. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, from the box art to the intricate details, I mean, this is a very close second. Very close yeah. second. I personally like – now, this is just me. This is just me. I would rather have the sewer playset. If I only had the choice between the two, I'd have yeah. the sewer playset just because I love the artwork on it so much. Yeah. So yeah. much. Man, I could talk about this figure for – hours i really could and just everything from the amazing box art it says sewer play set double decker hangout and hideout for the turtles all the stickers the molds little things like um the little pegs where the turtles can stand on that little elevators you know yeah it's the little things that count and the little things that make this thing great i love the sticker for the bunk beds you know it just kind of gives you the depth um you know and, and makes you especially as a kid it makes you feel like you're kind of getting an inside scoop in where the turtles live, and then you're, you're living with them, you know. And I know yeah. that sounds cheesy, but as a kid, that's how I felt. That's why I wanted to have this so bad. But you know, this is just one that got away from me. But I will get it one day. So yeah, you know, man, I I definitely dude. If I were you, just start just every paycheck, put forty bucks away. Yeah, and just, <laughs> you know, and then in two months you could have it. Yeah, because you can find them on eBay. You know, it's. It's really a big decision what action figures I'm going to get because, you know, you can only have, as an adult, you can only set aside so much money to just be completely reckless with. And after this was a big buy that I've wanted for years now. When I first started collecting the old figures, I really, this was one thing that was on the bucket list for me to get. And so happy I have it here. I, it makes a great display. Yeah. On Saw your picture too, man. It looks great. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I put a I put a lot of time and thought into where each figure would go. Yeah, you had the couples <laughs> together. It was very impressive. Yeah, that was the only one I really thought about putting together was Raphael and Mona because those are my favorite ones. And just I just kind of unconsciously put all the couples together. I had no <laughs> idea how to do that. Words cannot express enough how much I absolutely just adore this playset here. Yeah. So it's just. Oh, God, I love it. Yeah. You know, I love it. The turtle come. Maybe that's Michelangelo now. This is Donatello. Come in. Well, actually, you know, we have a question for you. This is where our buddy Rob Veach called in, and he had a question about the sewer play sets. Let me unhook my headphones here, and I'll put the microphone by the speaker. And hopefully you can hear this one. You're about 50-50 on that. Yo, I'm going to do the dudettes. 
this is Rob B. calling. Yeah, so about that Turtle Sewer playset, I was lucky enough to have that. And, uh, whew, that was a pretty sweet toy. My memories, I know by the, by the end of its run in my household, it was all held together with duct tape. Like, uh, you know, with those tubes sticking out and all the attachments, I think just you carry that around from room to room. And it's, you know, it's pretty heavy, and uh, the, the plastic attachments don't hold up too great. But, you know, I really like how, how you got, like, multiple levels of sewer and the turtle's lair and then the street up above and everything. I like the little day bed they have in there, although it seems like it'd be hard to sleep with Shredder's face, presumably yelling at you from a TV right next to you. Um, that'd be tough. But I, li- I like that uh, the little sticker insert that shows, like, the rest of the lair beyond, you know, what they can actually fit in there. Now, I have I have one memory that I was looking through the, the pictures, and I didn't see on there, but I remember this thing being on there. But, you know, maybe I maybe I crossed some wires and it's from another toy. But I remember, like, an Eat at Joe's sign on there, uh, like... And I remember Eat at Joe's being just kind of a ubiquitous thing for, like, any town diner that you would see in Bugs Bunny cartoons and, uh, you know, old comics. And then, uh, yeah, I remember it being on this Turtle Sewer Lair playset also. So, uh, yeah, I was wondering, can anyone corroborate that that memory? Is, is that actually there? Was that there? Uh, all right. Let me know. Let, uh, let the listeners know. And <laughs> keep doing the show. I'll keep listening. Cowabunga. First of all, Rob, thanks so much for the call, man. He was saying, was there an Eat at Joe's sign on the sewer playset? He, he couldn't remember if there was or not. Or maybe it was a different toy. But he, he thought that was kind of an obscure thing to put on a toy. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's actually on the uh, wooden fence that's on the back, the cardboard wooden fence that's on the background. In oh, so it is on two, there. Uh, telephone poles. Yeah, in between the two telephone poles, there's several... Uh, sticker not stickers but just it's actually painted onto the cardboard so there's a sign that says eat at joe's there's actually uh, a sign of michelangelo that says in concert and he's playing a guitar um there's a bumper sticker on it that says i love to i heart turtles um there's a poster of a foot soldier and it's a wanted poster and then on the back, it shows another... Uh, they must have known they were going to do a concert because it shows the four turtles and it says now playing. Or maybe the movie was oh, coming yeah, out. Oh, yeah, maybe the movie because 89. I bet it was the movie, yeah. yeah. And then there was another one that says uh, garage sale, Saturday only. <laughs> um, post no bills. Uh, ran, rats. Rats with a Z because it's got <laughs> attitude. And yeah, that's all. Yeah. I like the point he made uh, about um, the bed. Because, you know, first of all, sleeping like that would be terribly uncomfortable. You know, sleeping in a pipe like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then you got the shredder monitor watching you while you sleep. Well, you know, I think what he's talking about is that's the recovery room. So, like, if you get hurt, they have a a hospital bed for you there. Oh, okay, I got you. (laughs) So, like, on the sticker, on the back sticker, you see the four-tier bunk bed. But, ah, that'd be a hard place to recover in. In the cartoons, they had you, like... They had the turtles always sleeping on their backs. And I always just, like, just the logical part of my brain always cried foul because, like, they'd be sleeping at, like, an unnatural arch. <laughs> yeah, all, I know. You know? <laughs> Whatever. 
it's Whatever, cool. You know, absolutely. It's when you really start to think about the the uh, science behind the Ninja Turtles that you realize, no, don't do that because it'll ruin it for well, you. Well, then so. again, then again, actually, that would make sense. You know, that at least if they slept in the pipe, it would make sense because, you know, you got that little gap for the shell. Yeah. <laughs> it's a recovery room for turtles only, apparently. Right, right. Alright guys, so real quickly I'm going to get into some news here. Uh, Thanks to our buddy Thaddeus Manning for providing the awesome content. So he gave us a couple of due dates for some things going on. um, Some a little further ahead and some pretty quickly. Um, First of all, TMNT Adventures Volume 13 comes out, um, the trade paperback comes out on May 9th of 2017. So a few months away. But this covers issues 55 through 57 and you can actually pre-order it on Amazon right now for about 12 bucks. Uh, secondly, uh, TMNT Batman The Adventures trade paperback will be available July 18th, and that'll be $20. And um, I read an article on TeenageMutantTurtles.com called the TMNT 100 Project, which is basically 100 different variant covers from a lot of different artists just to kind of help, I guess, promote a lot of um, different artists. you know. And it seems like a heck of a deal because... Um, you get a hundred page of covers for just fourteen ninety nine. So I, I think that's a pretty good price and uh, pretty cheap, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that comes out on February twenty second. And then uh, second thing or next thing, Stephen Amell will be attending the Wizard World Comic Con in New Orleans. Uh, that's the Ernest Memorial Center, and that's January sixth through eighth. So by the time this episode releases, it'll be right during that time. So yeah. Um, and then lastly, the NECA figures, uh, NECA toy line, they released the Leonardo, or at least the pictures of the Leonardo figure from the 1990s movie. Um, yeah. And, of course, these figures are $100 per figure, and they are amazing looking. So Yeah. Yeah. So Man, you know, I, I, you, they haven't come out yet. You can still pre-order. Uh, Donatello and Raphael are the only ones up for pre-order right now. And it just hurts me to look at those because, man, do I want those? But I, know, I just I do not have the room for those. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's. I mean, they're they're like 17 inches tall. They're like 10 inches wide. It's just I have no place for those. So, so with a heavy heart, I got to I gotta say no to those. Yeah, they look gorgeous, man. I, I wish, I wish that I could get them. But, you know, it's going to take some time. All right, man. Well, that was a speedy news segment, but let's get in the comic. What do you say? All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's Comic Classroom. Prepare to be schooled. Alright, guys. So, uh, today we are covering uh, issue number seven from the original the original Mirage Comics. And this particular issue was released in May of 1986 and was written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And the letters were done by Steve Levine. And this is an interesting one. A very um, exposition-heavy uh, comic book for sure. Oh god, there's so much dialogue in this comic. Oh <laughs> big my time. god, big time. Um, but yeah, so f- it starts out. Uh, first of all, I'm trying to remember from memory. The last issue we covered, the turtles were battling the Triceratons, and then they were transported back to the TCRI building through a transmat that the Utrams created, and mm-hmm. that's where this story takes place. Of course, the building, the TCRI building, is surrounded by a whole bunch of SWAT team soldiers, or I guess it's the military, 
and they're tr- they're about to break in because they are very suspicious of the activity go on, especially since there was a giant laser beam that came out of the building not too long ago. Right. Uh, so they're they've got the building surrounded, and man, first of all, just the the drawings by Kevin Eastman and Pierre Laird, I mean, are so intricate and so uh, I don't even know how to express it in words. It's just makes you wonder how long it takes them to draw a single page of comics. I mean, it must have took them 12 hours, if not more, to do something like this for each page. Um, so the Turtles, they are actually beamed in to the TCRI building, still fighting the Triceratons. And the Utrams are like, what is going on here? Oh, the Triceratons, they, they make short work of some of the Utrams, start beating them up until they are eventually blasted by the uh, Utrams. Yeah, not not only that, but like I think Raphael kills one of them. Like they, like between the Utrams and the Turtles themselves, like four Triceraton get beamed in there, and they like they kill three of them. Oh yeah. So the, finally, the Triceratons are taken down, um, whether it be by the Utrams or Raph, and they are reunited with Splinter, who they were led to believe was killed by the Mausers. That was the last time they saw him. So it's yeah. kind of nice uh, reconcile between them. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's actually like for five issues they've been looking for Splinter. Since issue two, they've been looking for him. Yeah, and then you've got April here. She's kind of wandering around the city. Kind of, She's kind of helpless in this issue. She kind of doesn't know what to do to help. But I love it. She eventually talks to one of the, the military guys outside, and she's like, hey, what's going on here? And the military guy's like, I shouldn't be really telling you any details, but come here. I'll show you, what, I'll show you what's going on. So he kind of shows. That's a great representation of a soldier there, Rob. I really, yeah. Yeah, I really we talk like this, you know, we're from the Bronx. Forget the about New York it. National Guard here. <laughs> so uh, you know, he's kind of showing her around, telling her the whole situation right now and how they're about to break in. And then it cuts back to the turtles, and you know, they had this huge dialogue with Splinter, like, "How did you get here?" And of course. This is where it gets very, very dialogue-heavy, where Splinter explains exactly what had happened to him, which apparently after the Mausers came uh, and he fought them off as much as he could, um, he pretty much passed out from you know blood loss, and that's when the Utrams discovered him. And the only reason they discovered him is because they heard him, I guess, muttering English words in his sleep or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah. So, so they, they begin to do some experiments on him. And that's when we get the whole... Um, origin of how the turtles came to be this is a great scene here because like you get to see that the uh the mutagen that the the much coveted mutagen in turtles history was actually a byproduct of experiments that the utrams had put uh had been conducting in the tcri building and they go into the whole origin story one more time from a different perspective uh where you see from the driver of the uh tcri supply truck um after an old man walks through a crosswalk or is in the process of walking through a crosswalk during a busy street and young matt murdoch saves this old man so it saves this old blind man matt murdoch who's totally not matt murdoch saves this blind man from being hit by a truck and as the truck swerves out of the way a canister of mutagen actually gets knocked out of the truck and there's just like this is somehow this is like the most beautiful example of happenstance happening all over the place here because there is a kid who just happens to be walking home from the pet store with his jar full of four turtles and a canister of mutagen hits or just ooze i don't really know do they even call it mutagen in this i 
don't know. I don't know if it's sin. I've not seen that word. I mean, that's what it is, but it's not what it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just what I'm calling it. But the the, contain- the canister of ooze, let's just call it that. It's ooze. The canister of ooze hits this uh, bowl full of turtles, and they tumble into this open manhole cover that this kid just happened to be standing next to, and they all tumble down into the sewers and land right in front of wherever Splinter was. And the Utam were trying to establish communication with their home planet. Unbeknownst to their own world, they were separated, and they were able to adapt to life on Earth. So you see that the Ninja Turtles' whole existence was a giant accident. Like, none of this was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I always thought it was really interesting that here you've got this alien race of people. They get they buy this huge building in, in New York, and no one, until now, no one knew what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they had no idea what was going on in that giant skyscraper. Um, and that's where we, we get a cut away to the present time again, and uh, the military is about to break in. As a matter of fact, there's this huge... Uh, rocket launcher dude who busts through the, busts through the door, yeah. and they're, they're fighting off the droids that the Utrams have. Uh, so the Utrams they panic because they realize, oh man, they're in the building now. We've got to go. So they got the transmat ready. They're going to trans, I guess, transport back to their home planet. Uh, and it should it should be noted that like the Utrams are like peace peaceful aliens yeah. too. Like even though they look completely terrifying, they look like Terminators with brains in their stomachs. Right, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I but know. they are, but they are like peace-faring individuals, you know. And also, I, we forgot to mention, uh, Fugitoid is here too. He's helping out the turtles because uh, Fugitoid was wanted by the Triceratons, and the turtles actually protect them. That's how uh, they all got together, and that's how they ended up back on Earth. Was because they both figured out the uh, the transmat transportation device. They got everything working at the right time. And the whole reason the Triceratons attack the Utrams is because they want to steal the teleportation technology as it's pre- presented to them. Right, exactly. Yeah, so so they're they're breaking in. They're about to enter um, where the transmat is, and that's when the brains are like, no, we got to go. We got to go right now. And the turtle's like, well, what about us? And he's like, don't mind, whatever. Just come with us. So the turtles, they hop into the transmat with the Utrams just before the soldiers are coming up. And... Uh, Somehow, I don't know how this happened, but the turtles, they get transported in the back of April's, I guess it's in her bathroom, yeah. Yeah, well, what happens is, is like, um, I don't even know. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm at a loss right now, because like the, the uh, they basically, uh, the Utrams teleport themselves and the turtles like to a safe point. Yeah. Um, to where the military isn't going to be and where the Triceratons won't be. And so the the, uh, the Utrams are sending themselves home and they agreed to just send the Turtles back to uh, a safe destination in within New York City. And they end up back being teleported in April's bathroom of all places. Yeah. And poor, poor Raphael lands on the bottom of the bathtub and everybody lands on top of Raphael. <laughs> So, yeah, it's pretty good. Even Splinter. Yeah, even Splinter. Splinter's on top of all of them, and poor April just watching as as the news develops on the street. She's watching it on TV in her apartment, and then boom, they all land in her bathroom. Yeah. So, and that's how the issue ends. I mean, uh, it, 
basically, I mean, we could have read all the dialogue, but that would have taken quite some time. Oh, but, that would have been a whole new episode. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful comic issue. I mean, it really is. And yeah. I've actually got the first printing, which has some really interesting stuff in it. It's got a full Ooh. color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got the uh, full color story that um, Kevin Eastman talks about at the beginning uh, with Richard Corbin, which is about time travel. And it's fantastic. Um, you said Richard Corbin was a... Um, a big inspiration for a lot of his work, which I'm not too familiar with a lot of his work, but it's an excellent story. Maybe we should review this little mini story when we have a little bit more time. But yeah. but then at the yeah. end, there's another really cool thing that I've never seen before, and it's uh-huh. a Jim Lawson series. It's like a little short called Bade Biker, I guess? B-A-D-E <laughs> Biker. And it's this little comic strip that he does at the very end. And I don't know if he was planning on uh, launching his own series there, but uh, this is early on. This is 1986, so this is early Jim Lawson stuff. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was a pretty funny little story, and that's how this issue ends. So, man, how many slices of pizza would you give this issue? Man, you know what? This is probably just, like, just a seven. This is a good issue. A seven for number seven right here. Yeah. Um, this is a really good issue um, because there, there's, there's very few, I mean, Honestly speaking, there's very few bad issues of the Ninja Turtles out there. They all have something unique to bring to the table, and this is a really cool resolution to a, a long story arc. At the time, for the Ninja Turtles comics, this was a long-issue story, story arc, uh, starting with issue number two when they decided to start doing the Mirage comic book with the introduction of the Mausers, Splinter's disappearance, and then so many things happening after that with TCRI, Casey Jones, the Foot Clan returning, and then now they're they're fighting Triceratons and Utroms and the introduction of Fugitoid. And this one kind of, the only reason I give it a lower score is because it just ends. It's just like, okay, bye. You're done. Right. <laughs> you know? It's just like, hey, that was great. It, the brains and Triceratons, bye. Uh, but yeah, it, this is a really good issue. If it, it gets a high score, I mean, it gets a lower end of the high score spectrum uh, because of just because of the abruptness of its ending but it gets a high score just because the art is top notch yeah there is a level of quality that uh, the early Mirage books never really strayed from I mean uh, there's a reason the majority of the Mirage collections start with issue 1 and go to issue 11 uh, because there's this really long form story arc of the Turtles uh, really between the Turtles and the Foot Clan and yeah. ending up in Northampton and with all the micro-series interspersed here and there. The reason being is because I think for the Mirage books, as cool as they are, that really set the standard for quality was yeah. those first 15 issues. And um, arguably, they never quite got there until City at War happened, which ended the first volume of the Mirage books. And I don't know about the second volume because I haven't read any of them. I will read them. I will get those shortly, uh, mm-hmm. one day, within the next few months, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, I give this one a seven. I really enjoyed it. It gets really dialogue heavy, and it really slows down in the middle of the book, which the cover really kind of leads you to believe that there's going to be this huge street battle between the cops, the National Guard, the Triceratons, Utrams, and the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And it just never happens. So, yeah, the cover's a little misleading, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, those people do fight, but it's not like the battle royale in the middle of the street that you think you're going to get. So right. it, it it gets a bit... I, I ding it for that, so... 
Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I'd give it a 7 as well for, for the same exact reasons you mentioned. But the artwork definitely, definitely, you know, makes this comic shine no matter what. And and uh, another one of my favorite scenes was when the Turtles finally, you know, reunite with, with Splinter. You know, because yeah. they thought he was gone. So I think that was the highlight of the comic. And definitely a solid issue, and I'm looking forward to issue 8. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, the later issues. Specifically, I think it's yeah, from issue eight until about issue eight, issues eight and nine. Yeah, I've never read those, even though I have them. I've never read them, and that really gets into. It seems to have a lot to do with somebody being possessed that uh, Splinter finds out about because he just happens to be meditating one day. It's like, holy crap, there's somebody getting possessed over there. We gotta go help the guy out, right? We should probably <laughs> yeah. help him out. Exactly. And that's really that that really sets the tone for what the turtles are. The turtles are very, very reaction based. Like they very rarely go out looking for trouble. You know, it's just like trouble finds them and they deal with it. Which is pretty cool. You know? <laughs> it's not, it sounds like it's a bad idea for a superhero comic to, for them to like not go out trying to find trouble. But the fact that they can handle it when it shows up on their door really says a lot about them. Oh, really quickly about issue seven. If, if uh, you don't mind, I would, I have the ultimate collection hardcover and the, the works color classic hardcover. I would recommend getting this in the color classics hardcover just because, uh, seeing it in full color really adds another depth of, to the reading experience. Oh, I bet, yeah. And, and also during those big battle scenes, which do happen in this book, seeing it in black and white really kind of takes something away. It makes you feel like, it, it makes me anyway, feel like I'm missing something. Seeing it in color just has a, just makes it easier for a dumb guy like me to read and understand. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, that that sounds awesome. I'll have to ch- check that out. I think, I think this first print is one of the first Turtles comics I, I bought, uh, at least one of the first Mirage ones, because uh, I got yeah. the Archies much earlier. But Yeah, same here. I think a lot of us did. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, let's get into the cartoon. What do you say? Oh, God, please let it be better than Turtle Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. I promise. Hey, man, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. All right, guys. So today we are going to be watching The Mean Machines, which was... uh, uh, the fourth episode of season two, and this particular episode was re- uh, released on October twenty second, nineteen eighty eight, and this was written by Michael Reeves, who plays a huge part in the eighty seven series, and I think he's a big part of the two thousand three series as well. So um, this ought to be a good one, but I don't really remember this one. So neither do I. No, this one doesn't stand out to me, but maybe maybe it's just because it's just been a while. And we're about to find out why. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and click play in five, four, three, two, one, and click. Ah, and here we go. The best animated series intro ever. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Did the art ever get this good? Because, like, it's so dark and, like, really detailed and everything. Uh, Outside of the first season, did it ever get... This good? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I never really thought about that with the shadows and all the time. And, yeah. And uh, you notice the skies. Like, look at the skies in this. 
Yeah, I know. Like I mean, a... like, people, people talk about the Red Skies season, which is like, you know... It kind that of was kind of dark, too, that. yeah. They always kind of did that, you know? Yeah. Cut my volume down a little bit. There we go. Man, I love that giant coffee maker. That <laughs> just, just, oh, I know. Like, and I want to know where Michelangelo's like, dancing right there. What is that? Yeah. I don't know, man. Just was he like, in space? He's in a disco someplace, you know, like John Travolta's there. <laughs> yeah, true. Man, and you know what? Just, I don't think... There's Michelangelo uh, with katanas. Michelangelo with katanas, man. <laughs> I always kind of thought that that was intentional. Where it's like, not a goof up, but it's like, it just shows off that if they had to, Michelangelo could fight with swords. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. So we got Michelangelo training with Splinter here. Michelangelo getting beat up by Splinter. <laughs> no, all the time. You, you see this all the time. You know, Michelangelo, I know there was one where uh, something happens like with a washing machine. He gets beat up at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, they make a shredder out of a washing machine. Yeah. But I got to warn you, I got the reflexes. And so now we got Raph, and he's done too. Man, you know, I, I really like how just like Splinter is such a master. No. That um, he could just like he can just take anybody, right? And but I really like how he like defends himself and like he does like no damage to the turtles. He just kind of pushes them to the side. So I really like that. So yeah, he's, he's always he's always been kind of gentle in the cartoon. That's kind of the splinter I always kind of grew up thinking was always like and yeah. in the no in the comic yeah of course he trains the turtles to kill somebody but still you know uh, he's still a nice guy <laughs> yeah well you know what and with the turtles the turtles uh, splinter in the 2000 series he straight up beats his kids up you know <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> alright so what's happening here is um, I remember oh, gosh the Eye of Sarneth uh, that was basically the, the whole plot of that story was the, the Eye of Sarnath, I think, was a crystal that had the power to, to change things, to shrink them or enlarge them. And they have this tracker that's tracking this crystal. And right now, I think that's what Donatello has. So they're looking for the crystal, and that's when they witness a robbery. And we got Shredder and Baxter on the top discussing things here. Human version of Baxter. Some kind of green monsters. Is that an insult? The fragment had better be there. Okay, so like basically they're looking for the hyperstone. <laughs> right, exactly. Why <laughs> me? Because swine like you understand. Why doesn't Shredder just have foot soldiers with him? Why is he making Baxter do any of this? You know, I, that's a good question. You think why would you send your scientists out to do this this dirty work here? I mean, and this guy's also a moron too. I mean, <laughs> I slipped on a banana peel. The turtles return. I got it. The second fragment. Give it to me. <laughs> he flings it like a coin. There's Pat Fraley for you. I was just gonna ask you because yeah, wow, I didn't realize he sounds a lot like Crane. Yeah, yeah. And then you know what's amazing though, okay, he sounds like Crane there, but then Burn Thompson sounds nothing like any of them. Or or Casey Jones. Yeah, I know. It it blew my mind when you told me he voiced Casey Jones. I had no idea. Oh yeah, because he sounds nothing like Pat Fraley, you know. Because no. you can, you know, you know it's Pat Fraley when you hear Crane. You don't know it when you hear Casey Jones. Right. <laughs> so the uh, crystal's moving now, based on Dontello's tracker, and of course we know that because um, Baxter has it. Why is Shredder getting a taxi? Okay, because he didn't have his foot driver. Out. Okay, that's fine. 
Now, what do you have paid? Does Shredder have any money, you think? Oh, he's got plenty of money, but he's not going to waste time on it. No. He's just going to go. Oh, that's Cam Clark. I can tell. Yeah. That guy's... He sounds a little bit like Rocksteady there. Man, I really love how just, like, you hear so many people complaining about how why are the Ninja Turtles in the new movie just, like, walking around and, like, outside helping the cops? It's like, do you not remember anything from the Ninja Turtles in the 80s? Because, like, they were outside the whole time. It was a joke in the crossover cartoon where, like, they say they're going to go get pizza. Yeah. And the turtles are like, no, you can't. You can't just walk outside and get pizza. Like, why not? We do it all the time. You <laughs> always loved um, uh, Shredder's um, communicator to Krang. Looks like a pork chop. Yeah, <laughs> it does look like a pork chop. Yeah. And now I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. I know. It's been a while. Yeah. We must find a computer of incredible power to hook that fragment up to. Yes, Not just a computer, right. but a computer of incredible power. Like, right. so we gotta, gotta go have to a high-powered computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah gotta go to Best Buy. This is back in the day when you just didn't know what computers did. It's like the world could live or die by the use of a floppy disk. Floppy disk could do anything, yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man, it's like, you know, I'm gonna destroy the world after I play Oregon Trail. <laughs> Hopefully if I don't die of dysentery. Of dysentery? <laughs> Ah, uh, there's a turtle van. Oh, what a throw. Do that. <laughs> That's like when they curved the bullet and wanted. <laughs> so these must be huge pipes if you can, uh, you know, drive your turtle van right through these sewer pipes. I know, just the reality of the of city sewer systems is, like, there's no pipes that, there's nothing that big down there. Right? <laughs> All right, wow, here's the master computer. Unicron. Yeah. <laughs> You know what that looks like? That looks a lot like... You remember the Transformers movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. With the you remember the judge that would, like, send people to their deaths with the, the little Veronicons uh, or whatever yes, they are? Yes, yes. With that, like, three-faced judge? That looks just like it. Ah, too creepy. That thing is creepy. Oh, man, yeah. it's making fax machines and soda machines go all over the place. <laughs> now, where do they find this computer? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, Omnis is like a person. And Ultron. Yeah. Turn on Ultron right now. <laughs> I don't get it. Why are we asking April See, just now he's making a deal with the driving around. Yeah. That's right. If anything truly weird has happened lately, she'll know about it. Oh, like the turtle van turning on us isn't weird enough. Oh, the turtle van turned on him? Yeah, they, they, something that Donatello was doing blew up, and it was, like, driving towards the turtles, and then Michelangelo... Oh, that's why Michelangelo threw that, yeah. Yeah. Destroy them, and James Avery, man, he just acted the ever-living out of Shredder. Oh, he, no, no one can do a better than him. Nobody could. I mean, that's. I mean, even when I'm reading the IDW series, I know how Shredder's supposed to sound, but every now and then in my head, I hear James Avery popping in. Oh, no, me too. And there's always some kind of construction going on in New York City. I mean, I get it. It's a big area, but there's not always buildings being built. Right. You know what this kind of reminds me of? The Happening. The you ever see that movie? Uh, oh, was it The God. Happening with uh, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. 
Where all the, the machines where, came like, alive. trees start killing people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, right, right here, this is totally maximum overdrive, man. See, I've not seen that. Oh, dude, it's bad. No, <laughs> it's bad. Bad isn't like, good or bad isn't bad? No, no, it's bad, but, like, oh. I get why people like it. It's because they tell themselves they like it. All right, so the turtles are about to get attacked by cranes and wrecking balls. Wow. You want to sing the Miley Cyrus song? I can't like, a like a wrecking ball. ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh man, they've got wrecking balls like growling. They have construction yeah. women actually growling and screaming at the turtles. Right. And they're playing Pac-Man on the computer wow, now. Just thinking that looks like a Pac-Man <laughs> game. <laughs> hey, look at that! It looks like a little Polly Pocket right there. I know, it's like, it's either a pork chop or like a compact, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's the flip phone. Man, yeah, remember when sidekicks were a thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes I do. Alright, so now what's happening? Okay, so they're gonna oh, dump Raphael. Raphael's gonna get buried. Ooh. And there's Leo riding a wrecking ball. So he came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Nope. Not gonna happen. Yep, not gonna cut it. His swords are like the most ineffectual thing in this whole <laughs> series. They're either breaking or not cutting in anything. Yeah, not when not when you need them to. But yet that worked. <laughs> pretty good action scene right here. Yeah, this is actually pretty cool. I like this. Yeah, it looks good. Look, good animation. Alright, so now Leo's cut a cement truck open, and now all the cement's flying out. It's gonna get that crane all. Front loader or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> There's no reason to have a giant box of TNT in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it does say danger on the door, though. Where's Michelangelo? Look. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting on a box of dynamite. <laughs> oh, don't mind me. Oh, that's pretty nice. <laughs> Thank goodness no one was driving. I love how they had to hide behind this wall that was like a foot tall. Like, oh, the van. Ah, I got the van. There are like a thousand ways April O'Neil should have been fired in this whole series. Yeah, true. She should have lost her job so many times. Yeah, she should have gave this one to Vernon. Oh, Vernon would have, Vernon would have bought it big time. He would have, he would have died. Well, see, Vernon would he he would run away from anything, so you know he'd he'd be the one that lives. Well, which well which Vernon are we talking about? Is this like the Falcon from the movies? Or? No, not the Falcon, not the Falcon. Although <laughs> the Falcon's got slightly more um you know guts. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right, nope. so I don't know what's going that's, on here. That's not how electricity works. No. So now the supercomputer is going to become even more super. All right, so Omnis ah, is coming to life. Seems very bad. Wow. If has found a way to control machinery, he could soon turn the entire city against us. If we don't find him soon, we're cooked turtles on the half shell. <laughs> cooked Astro turtles Boy. On the half shell. <laughs> that was Astro Boy right there on TV. Was it? Yeah, it's, uh, you know who Astro Boy is, don't you? I know that name, but I, I'm yeah. not familiar. I think it was an anime. But it was oh, like. Okay. It was like at the time it was a robot version of Pinocchio. I got you. Yeah. Man, look at the rabbit ears on that TV. 
Donatello? <laughs> we get the city, and my star reporter is no. All right, so Burns fired up. He is not happy. And now she Vernon, of course, he's looking out for number one here. So, uh, maybe you, should give the story to you know, I, I'll never forget the day I learned that you know Pete Renaday voiced Splinter and Vernon. Idea. And now and it's I like, what? You won't be sorry, <laughs> but you might. It's a really dangerous assignment. Maybe you ought to check out a bulletproof vest. Uh, uh, maybe we should let April have it after all. <laughs> Equal I love how he was so willing to let April die just all the time. <laughs> as long as he's alive, he's okay. Uh huh. I've seen things with more backbone paddling around a tide pool. You know, that, that doesn't quite sound like Bird, does it? I was just thinking that, yeah, he sounds a little bit different. Like, he sounds a little raspier. Every now and then they had a different voice actor come in, like, for whatever yeah, reason they would do an episode. Yeah, I wonder if that was Pat Fraley there. You know, maybe he not found his Burn voice yet. I'm not, I'm not sure. You never know. Yeah, I would imagine, like, because you know, Burn wasn't, or Burn Thompson wasn't in the first season, was he? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe he just hadn't found that character yet. True. I mean, you, yeah, you listen to Homer Simpson the, the first season of The Simpsons. He sounds. Oh, they all they all sound so different the first oh, couple yeah. Of years. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So who was that maid? That Robo maid? I don't know. They they. they I don't think they've said her name, but it was just a meter maid, <laughs> an automated meter maid. Destroy them! Why is this computer just subservient to, cr- to Shredder? Yeah, like, I don't know. You know, that, you always hear about computers like gaining sentience and then just like taking over the people that turn them on. And, you know, I don't, I don't get why. I mean, this computer could just do anything. It looks like they can do anything. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, somehow he's making a car accelerate wirelessly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, he sends a Wi-Fi signal so strong, it can actually manipulate a combustion engine. <laughs> you really think about that. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Man, look at all the gear that Donatello's got in the back of that van. There is a chance, I guess maybe this could be an electric van. This could be an electric car. Yeah, yeah. Hey, why the panic? You had a whole three inches to spare. How'd they do that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, because uh, Shredder needs a portal to Dimension X. I think he's wanting to get Krang and his um, stone soldiers out of there. Yeah. Or are all of his foot soldiers in Dimension X now? Because I remember that as a form of Shredder's punishment, Krang wasn't going to let uh, Shredder have any of his men. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's why Shredder wants the portal. He's probably got the fragment hooked up to a computer. That was a good guess, Dante. Man, see, just they're just walking around. Weapons in the daylight. Oh yeah. Nobody cares. That's New York. There is the eerie Dimension X. Man, that does look crazy. Wow. Love the music here. Oh yeah. How the crank just sits there? Like he spends his time just sitting there. Oh man! Did you see that? He did like the uh, <laughs> loosen the tie there. 
Oh, it got hot in here. I get no respect. But they won't get any farther. Activate all internal defense systems. I would say cut off part of uh, Baxter's hair there. Oh, is that what that was? Okay, I was wondering what that was. If I know Shredder, he's got a few more You know what? It, it's, nobody ever talks about this, but like just the character designs are amazing. How much detail they get into them. Oh, yeah. You know, and considering it's a moving image, it can't be easy to do that. Oh, no, yeah. It's so, I mean, like not that it's easy to do it or that it's, I don't know. But, yeah. like, it just looks like it would be so time-consuming. Tedious, like, how yeah. Did they, how did they put so many episodes out during the season? Oh, I know. I know. There, there were points in time where I think they had at least 30-some episodes. I'm like, how in the world were you able to do that? Yeah. And I, I remember um, Fred Wolf in the Turtle Power um, documentary saying there was even a point in time where we were airing just about six, seven days a week. And I'm thinking, my goodness. Yeah, they were airing seven days a week for, for a certain amount of time. Yeah, know? yeah. And, and that was kind of unheard of. Yeah, nobody, even nowadays, nobody does that. You know? Yeah. And it's not like they were airing reruns, too. I mean, like, there were multiple new episodes throughout yeah. the week. Why did you see that? There was a brief part where um, Michelangelo's headband was gone. Oh, yeah. It turned green. <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, so they were being attacked by uh, a whole bunch of uh, robots, and now this hose, which is not a robot, is somehow attacking the turtles. <laughs> like it's coiling around down a tunnel. Yeah, it's like a snake. Man, I don't think the turtles in this entire se series ever open a door. They always break it down or right. bust through it. Right, check. <laughs> yeah. So now they're going to use their... I think I actually read this, uh, that this is the first appearance of the suction cups, which they yeah, use I know. quite a bit. And suction cups don't work on brick. They always right. use them on brick buildings. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donatello, they're specifically designed. Donatello uh, yeah. engineered. Now, what kind of robots are those? I don't know, man. They, lo they look like they're out of uh, Star Wars. Yeah. The job I stole them. All right, so Leo just cut the line. Say what? It was the sand people. You just in the background. You just hear a <laughs> never can trust those sand people. All right, so the turtles they cut the power off of the supercomputer. Yeah, and, but yet somehow the robots are still being controlled. Yeah, Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi, yeah, right? They're moving a little slower though. The signals cutting in and out. It makes you wonder what those robots even did before they got. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, what were they? What? Jump. It's payback time. Turtles fight with honor. Yeah, Alright, the turtles got Shredder and Baxter surrounded. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he had that. You realize that like Shredder has become Killer Croc from Batman the Animated Series when he's like, I had them cornered and then I threw a rock at him. <laughs> it was a big rock. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder where April is. Is it safe to come out? April! <laughs> do you know what happened to the computer? Of course I do. I just unplugged it. Oh my gosh. Simple, oh, but effective. <laughs> so April just unplugged the computer, and that, that took care of it. And now, apparently, Shredder is renting an apartment. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a different t turtle com that now. He's had, he's had, like, four different comms, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Must be something wrong with the transdimensional link. Uh, yeah, I'm going to a tunnel. <laughs> yep, sorry. <laughs> That's how you do it, Trader. Baxter. Um, poor Baxter. I, he's like, I could fix it. 
We must be more alert. It's a very saucy looking pizza. Yeah, there's a lot of sauce. Not, a lot of not enough cheese. going to make quite a new story. Yeah, and best of all, you're alive to tell it. I'm just glad all the machines are back to normal. See, I love that Things most of the episodes end up with them eating pizza. I don't know. Yeah. That was like just the the greatest way to wrap up the episode. You always end in pizza. Oh no! Oh, let it be Metalhead. Please be Metalhead. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. That's just one of those toy robots. God, they still don't make toy robots like that. <laughs> Wasting good pizza. You did waste a good pizza right there. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Of course, so we end on a joke, which is typical TMNT fashion. That was pretty cool. You know, I mean, it's it's banana crazy, but I mean... Oh, it's, yeah. B-A-N-A-N-E-S. Yeah, this episode really encapsulates what the turtles are in this original series. Where yeah. It's just, they played mostly for comedy. It was it was the Three Stooges, you know? That's, oh, that's, yeah. That's what the series was. It was a kid's show, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is, this is midway through or close to midway through, you know, the second season. And I think they really established their style by now. You know, we're starting to get these one-shot episodes instead of these, you know, giant story arcs. And this is basically what the series is going to become. A lot of it's one-shot episodes. And then eventually, by the end of a season, we might get a, you know, a two- or three-parter. But, yeah, I actually really like this uh, episode. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, this it's a lot of fun. I'll give it the same score. Yeah, it's... It's a really good um, kind of benchmark for what the series is. You know, it wasn't in, it wasn't until like the later series, like probably starting with uh, se- season eight when Lord Dreg showed up, where it really started to get a little bit more attitude, a little bit more serious. Uh, you know, the Red Skies seasons. Yeah, and when they did start doing longer episode arcs, where they would have multiple like two or three part episode arcs. Right. Right. So, man, that that ends our classic era. Uh, next week, we'll be back into the 2003 era of the Ninja Turtles. So, really, really excited about it. But, my friend, the question everyone wants to know, what type of pizza are we going to have to close out today's Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? You know what? Thinking of our buddy Thaddeus Manning, he he recommended on his very positive Facebook post to us la- uh, last night uh, a slice of Philly steak and cheese pizza. Oh, yeah. So, I've never... I've never had a, an actual Philly steak uh, sandwich before. <gasps> Are you serious? I know, yeah. I mean, the closest thing I've ever had was like a Hot Pocket, you know, like Hot Pocket <laughs> Philly steak. And I know that's not even close to what a Philly steak cheese is. And I would really love to have one one day. So I think this pizza is a good first step in the right direction for me. So, Well, uh, hang on, hang on, Josh. Let me, let me cut you off for a second. All right, first <laughs> of all... Yeah, first of all, you know, we we call it, uh, it's not steak and cheese, it's a uh-huh. cheese steak. Oh, okay, alright. Yeah, yeah, you know, if, you, if, it, if you're from, uh, you know, the south, then it's steak and cheese, but see, if you're from uh, Philly or the Bronx, it's a cheese steak. Forget about it. I'm from Minnesota, so I'm wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're a hoser. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hoser. I'm not, even, I'm not even an actual hoser, I'm from Indiana, I'm a transplant. I'm a you're, hose plant. You're, <laughs> right. You're basically a Canadian, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty much. Yeah, I'm a Canadian <laughs> association. So right, right. Well, good deal, man. So uh, I guess that that sounds delicious to me, and I'm glad it's not anything wacky and crazy. So so am I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Before I close out, um, one thing I want to r- try to remember to do is um, 
Please uh, send us an email anytime you want to uh, send us an email, feedback on an episode, or you know want to talk about some of the content we cover. Send us an email at turtleflakespodcast@gmail.com, or you can check us out on Podomatic. It's turtleflakes.podomatic.com. And also, please, we've not received the review on iTunes in quite some time. Um, I know it was, uh, I think, about six, seven months ago was our last review, and we can't thank. For those who you uh, who've reviewed us, we can't thank you enough. That really helps promote the show. If you wouldn't mind to just take some time out of your day to just give us a, a positive review or constructive criticism, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. If you want to make fun of us, go right ahead. I love those too. That's sure, cool. <laughs> sure. I mean, there's we, there's plenty of ammo there, but uh, but yeah, please. That really helps uh, showcase the show more and gets gets Turtle Flakes out there a little bit more. You know, the more reviews, the more it helps um, iTunes interface promote the show. And also, listeners, if you uh, have a recommendation for a review that you want me and Rob to do, um, if you have a certain toy in mind that you want us to review, odds are one of us is going to have it because we have, I mean, Rob especially has a huge classic collection of Ninja Turtle figures. But if you want to know about more of the modern stuff, that's pretty much my wheelhouse. If there's a specific comic you want us to talk about, if there's a specific video game or collectible, let us know and we'll see if we can uh, scrounge it up if we don't already have it and also um i'm going to be writing more ninja turtle stories i just want to put this out there for anyone if there's a character that you would want to see you know let me know maybe i'll be able to work them in if i can find a a realistic and non-wacky way to uh make them appear i would i really like to hear what listeners would uh recommend to see so absolutely Well, all right, dudes, and dudettes. Well, here's to hoping you enjoy your Philly Chase. Philly Chase. <laughs> Let me try that again. Go on, cheesesteak. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. All right, dudes and dudettes, here's to hoping you enjoy your Philly cheesesteak pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga, everyone. I can't do a, I can't do an accent like that. I can't do accents at all. So. I can't either. Oh, sorry, man. Hang on. My dog's chewing on my Bart Simpson doll. Hang on one sec. No! <laughs> I know. It's my favorite one. All right, girl. Get out of here. Put it down, Cookie. She's chewing up my toys, honey. Come on. <laughs> Did you hear me? I was like, I got it. I, I did, yeah. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. I know. Uh, chewing up Bart Simpson. You can't do that. That's actually my, um, my childhood uh, Bart Simpson doll. I had this old stuffed Bart Simpson doll. Uh... Gosh, since I was about four years old, I remember it. It was like one of my first Christmases, and uh, I had it on my little beanbag chair. Then I look over to my side, and she's just going crazy on that. <laughs> <laughs> had to pick up his guts oh. off the floor. Bunch of yeah. cotton everywhere. Oh, did she bite through it? Oh, she did. She did. Oh, like, oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> She is a classic Turtles fan, but you know what? It's just like she gets that crazy about like, like uh, she gets that as dorky as we get for Turtles. She gets really dorky about like Food Network shows and stuff like that because like, oh yeah, she's actually a really good cook and she really enjoys figuring out uh, how certain ingredients will work with each other and like actually she'll actually try to figure out chemically why certain things taste better with this and taste be- taste worse with that and how you can change it and everything and she's actually really smart and, and uh, just really do figuring out stuff like that and she gets like 
hardcore into like you know we have top chef parties or we used to anyway we haven't done a while since the last season was kind of a bummer but um uh yeah she really enjoys like cooking and stuff like that and that's what she gets all super dorky into <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well hey you know i'm sure you're just like me we enjoy eating that's right oh, yeah yes. i know i do i do a lot oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too yeah. Too much, too much. I probably gained about five, ten pounds over Christmas break. Oh man, this last pa- this last part of the year is just torture for me because it's just like it's food time, and <laughs> now you're expected to like, okay, better beach season's coming. It's January second. <laughs> beach season. <laughs> you know what? Good. I'm not looking forward to on Facebook. It's mostly Facebook. Uh-huh. Like this part, this part of the year coming up, it's like, all right, new year, new me. It's like you're gonna do the same crap you did the last year <laughs> every year. O- only it's gonna be worse because you're gonna be telling everybody about how you're gonna change. No, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> here we go, Josh the Cynic, right here, new segment. Yeah, if you, did, if you didn't have a six pack last year, odds are you're not gonna have one this year. Oh. Like, uh, I can eat a piece of cake and gain 10 pounds. No joke. Yeah. I know. I Nicole brought me, she surprised me with a piece of a... Uh, have you ever had tiramisu? Yes. Good stuff. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. Absolutely horrible for you. <laughs> but she came home. She took a half day at work yesterday. And she came home and brought me a piece of tiramisu uh, from the grocery store. And this little piece, it was it, it was this little, like, cube piece of tiramisu. Wasn't even as big as the plate it was on. It was on this little styrofoam plate. And I ate it, and I was just wrecked for the rest of the day. It was, just, it was so much sugar and just lard and chocolate and cream in it. And I was just like, oh, God. Oh, and, man, you're a stick, though. I mean, I'm not, not thin, but, you know. But it was just like it was it was all psychological because like as you get older you find out just like you find out what's in stuff and you find out what the negative and positive effects of things are mm-hmm. and certain foods that you eat and it's just like there's nothing good about tiramisu except how it tastes and the <laughs> reason it tastes so good is because of how terrible it is for you mm-hmm. and so I'm just thinking to my in my brain and it's making my stomach feel terrible <laughs> It's just like I am just I can hear myself getting fatter right now. Uh-huh. You know? Ah, that, that's like I don't know if you've heard of you ever heard of moon pies? Oh, dude, yeah, I bought a box of moon pies like two weeks ago. Did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. I bought a box of ten of them, and I had one. I got one for everybody, and then I took the rest of the work and gave them to the people at work. Yeah. That, the lab that I work with because I was not going to eat more than one of those things. <laughs> oh, they are absolutely terrible for you. They're good. They taste good, but yeah. I still I feel so gross after eating them. I'm like, oh man, I just gained like half a half a day's calories right there, if not more. I know. Yeah, they're like 400 calories. It's like, oh, how can yeah. something this small be 400 calories? <laughs> you know, because even like the full size ones, they're like they fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah, and it's just like but two what banana flavored wafers sandwiched. With, with marshmallow marshmallow fluff and then dipped in chocolate yeah and it's completely terrifying to eat those <laughs> because it's just kind of like you ever seen uh what is it national lampoon's european vacation oh yeah i love that movie remember when audrey uh she was kind of fat for whatever reason um 
she has a, a nightmare about just like overeating. Oh and yeah, yeah. That's just what I felt like eating that moon pie, and just like I can feel like the buttons. That's why I don't wear button shirts because you can like hear the buttons flying off and like yeah. bounce off the walls and all. And it's just like you know, I'm just like setting such a great example for my children. You know, type two diabetes is the way to go. Um. <laughs> uh, I hear you, man. I hear you. It's it's and my my thing is, man. I love to eat. It, it, it's so bad. I love to eat, man. and it's it's my metabolism is not what it used to be. Like I I could shout out. I used to make a competition. Like I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's called Ryan Steakhouse, and there, there's a couple of buffets here in East Tennessee, and yeah. I think there's I think there's one in Asheville, North Carolina too. But I used to make it a competition to see how many plates I could eat. You know, and I got up to like 10, 12 plates of food. Oh my God. I know, I know, when I was a teenager, I wouldn't gain a pound. But yeah, and 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 another thing is, not only do I gain weight, I can't eat the same foods I used to eat. Like, I used to be a big spicy food buff. Can't do it. Man, I've never been able to eat spicy foods, man. It's it's always given me like just bad indigestion. You don't want to be around me if I eat a burrito or anything like that. (laughs) Me too. I know, it's bad. Man, and like just like sweet stuff is like really starting to just because I Nicole bought like my favorite Oreos yesterday. She bought the <laughs> peanut butter cream Oreos. Oh, they are those. amazing. They're they're really good. I'm a huge peanut butter guy. Like peanut butter and chocolate's my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. And I'm just looking at one, and I just put it down because it's just like it's terrible for me. It's <laughs> not going to do anything but just like stick to one rib, and that's it. <laughs> It's just I can't do that to myself. It's just like this is this is the year that willpower died for me was 2016. <laughs> so I hear you, man. I I know all about it. Oof. Ninja Turtles. You want to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, Ninja Turtles, man. Right. We got plenty for our blooper already. <laughs> I know, right? God. Man, we always we never have that to worry about. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's why the episodes have been getting longer, but you realize it's like truncated with a half hour of Ninja Turtles talk and about two hours of blooper reels at the end. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, sweet, man. Um, so, we never asked for anything, but they, they've been really nice to us the last few years and really generous. And um, I got a uh, Turtle Flake shirt. Uh, my buddy, my brother-in-law made it for us, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought, thought that was really cool, so I'm going to ask him for another one, and I'm going to send you one, man. <laughs> oh, man, I'd love a Turtle Flake shirt, man. Yeah. That's well, awesome. We could have matching shirts. <laughs> yeah, we would have, yeah. It's the thing one and thing two. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it was pretty good, man. Not too bad. I, I, uh, I'm kind of. This is just my personality. I'm already dreading going back to work, which I know is a completely bratty thing to do because a lot of people don't have no, a Christmas break. No, I mean I've got, I've got a four day weekend this weekend. I already don't want to go back to work on Tuesday. I know, you like know? I, you spend your whole time thinking, oh gosh, just just two more days, just three more days. <laughs> I know, it's it, and it. It's something that you never grow out. It's like the dirtiest secret in the world that nobody wants to admit is that nobody ever feels like a grown up. And just you know, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know, it's just like, uh, uh, gotta go back. Gotta go back. Gotta be responsible. Like being an adult, like all, when you were a kid, all you wanted to do was to grow up. And then when you grow up, all you want to do is like go back to being a kid. <laughs> yep. You know, which explains like this whole podcast we have. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We we can at least pretend we're kids still. Yeah, we can at least protect for like an hour a week. We're just like, hey. Well, honestly, you know, we are kids just in adult bodies, aging yeah. bodies. <laughs> I mean, 
there's no way for you to even hide from that. It's just kind of like, yeah, just you can't exactly run around and play tag anymore. But like, and but you, you want really to? Shouldn't. Yeah, you want to? <laughs> yeah. I stopped playing tag like five years ago with my kids. I was playing tag with them, and I accidentally knocked one of them down a hill. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, thank God we didn't do it, like, in a park or something like that, because then I would be, like, you know, on YouTube <laughs> in as jail. parents, you know. So, okay, let me, let me try to get this get this right. Okay, so there's Danica. Yeah. There's Vincent. Uh-huh. Elsie. Yes. Grayson. Yep. And, don't tell me. Bo- okay. okay, boy or girl? Boy. Boy. Do you have a, is his name Lewis or Isaac? Isaac. Isaac, go. yes! Okay, I got one of them. Yes. Yeah. You got all of them. You got them yeah, all. Yeah, all right, all right. See, I'm getting it. So the, the oldest is Danica. Second oldest is Elsie? Vincent. Vincent. Second oldest Vincent. is Vincent. Yeah. Then Isaac? No, Isaac's uh, the baby. Isaac's the youngest one. He's one. That's right. So And Grayson's the second youngest. So yeah. that would leave Elsie. Um, Elsie's right in the middle. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, good deal, man. That's that's good for me because I'm terrible with names. Yeah, well, I mean, you've only got one to worry. You've only got one to remember. So, <laughs> and I barely remember yeah, that. I mean... <laughs>